So I do have one story to start this week, or to start this episode. Do tell. Okay. During IFF last month, because it's been that long, um, I decided to get lunch across the street at the uh, Simcoe uh, at the Simcoe Food Court, basically beside the CBC building. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It was kind of weird, or maybe not surprising, but more roughly eh, more than half the outlets in the food court were closed because you know it was a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was a Saturday. And um, the ones that did, I actually probably did some okay business. So I went. So out of all the things that were open, there was a McDonald's, a um, Bourbon Grill, Bourbon Grill. Oh, you you remember you saw it because uh, I got their end of special, and they just kept on giving me stuff for ten dollars, and I couldn't eat all of it. Like I left a quarter of it, I had to get rid of because it it was just piled high. Mm-hmm. It, it was just whatever they had, and they threw it, and they said, "Oh yeah, you can just take this in a ginger ale for ten dollars," yes. and I'm like. Oof. I settled on I settled on a, a like a, a falafel shawarma place, which oh yeah, that was in the corner there. Yes. What was the other one? Oh, that was beside the McDonald's. Yeah, which um, which was uh, run by like this uh, elderly Chinese couple. Hey, they know their falafels. Yes, it it was funny because um, while waiting for my uh, my falafel pita to grill up, you know, and I was paying for it, the the um the um the guy. The owner was, we had a nice quick conversation and I mentioned, he mentioned, what's going on? It's business is a little bit, a little bit better than it would be for a Saturday. And I mentioned, and he knew, and I mentioned the convention across the street and he said, yeah, there's a lot of young people today, a lot of young people. And then he took a really, really long stare at me, like just <laughs> looked at me as if. You're not over the hill, Mike, don't worry. As if I didn't really fit into the crowd <laughs> that was there today. And then after you, well, you look like a typical Bay Street or CBC person. Don't worry, that's yeah. that's your goal. Don't. Well, I remember the turning point the, for Roundtable was the visit to the CBC. But he just looked at me for like a minute while we were waiting for my um, pita to grill, and then I just simply said, "Yeah, I'm getting there." in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. So, anyway, well, uh, let's talk, we'll talk a little bit more about... Uh, about IFF a little later on. But let's just get started by saying good evening from our remote studio. We're not in a we're not at the Six Point Studio tonight in um, Etobicoke. We're somewhere in Mississauga. We won't really say exactly where, but we are within a stone or maybe we will give you a sense. We are within a stone's throw of um, Can't believe it. Now you've given them more hope of finding us, Mike. You could have said Peel and then it would have been more interesting. Where are well, they? Yes. Are they in Caledon? Are we, they in Brampton? We are a stone's throw away from Streetsville where um, the Visser brothers once lived. Mm-hmm. Where the Comic Den brothers once lived. And where they, we they once lived, taped. Yeah, and where we taped a couple episodes of the show in the in during the uh during the Comic Den era, obviously. Uh, so this is um, so this is episode nine of Anime Roundtable version two. 
the usual the usual gang around the table. Mike Nicholas, James Austin, Mohammed Shamarki, Kevin Ng are here, and uh, we apologize for. I apologize for not being around. Uh, it's been two months since the last time this episode is long overdue, and uh, well, uh, due to various things like TCAF, like IFF, which uh, had our which had our attention. In my case, I actually fell ill. I've been sick for a couple of weeks, so. Um, at least we're finally able to do this uh, to do this on this Friday evening, uh, May seventeenth. The before a long weekend before the before the uh, Victoria Day weekend here in Canada, and a week before Anime North. So uh, this is so obviously we'll be talking quite a bit about those things a bit later on. But in the meantime, uh, Mr. Shamarki was nice enough to bring some snacks from a from H Mart back at, back downtown. True. True. Yes, and so uh, we appreciate it. some a couple pocky, some uh, what is that? What type of candy is that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, you bought it. You don't know. Wow, it's like it could be poison. We don't know. Oh, it looks. You can't read is it, it. Is it a hard candy or is it a chewy candy? It's a chewy candy. Okay, we'll talk. Oh. about that. Which one is the one that kills you? Uh, you have one in four chances. And <laughs> and um and he was nice enough to bring everybody bottles of Ramune. So uh, excuse us for one second while we attempt to open these. Uh, let's see uh, who can do it successfully without spilling anything oh, on this table. <laughs> you can put a cover on it. Okay. Yeah, just put a... Ready? Give me a second here. I have to stand up, just, you know, lean into it. There you go. Got it? Yep. Yeah, we were trying to, like, get the marble in. Yeah, I got mine, thank you. Oh, sweet. Nothing spilled. Great. Uh, Kevin? Still trying? James, come on. Come on. Come on. Do you need any help? Do you need any help? I need some adult supervision, uh, here, please. Let me, let me Thank you. Let me I needed some adult Remember, supervision. Now I can't do it. You got it, Kevin. You got it, Kevin. I believe in you. What the hell happened here? The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen, is it? It's not going to happen, Mike. We can't do it. Oh, you did what I could not. Thank you. Kevin, Kevin, you got it. You Wait, need the, you need the, the Nick- pretend that I wasn't opening mine the whole time. You need the Nicholas touch. Give it um, to Mike. Take off the, <laughs> all right, my t- suggestion now, take off the cover and then lean your palm into that. Oh, yeah, you got it. Three. Oh, oh there you go. So my first suggestion was actually the better one. Just take lean that whole, just it. lean, just, uh, just take off, take, right, just ch- dismantle cheers, it. Cheers, cheers, cheers. gentlemen. Cheers, gentlemen. He bought some Rimune. Okay, way to go, gentlemen. Yep. And here's the story I want to... And I did mention I want to tell a little story. So, um... Excuse me there. Uh, I did want to tell a little bit of a story. So... Ooh, some of it got in my hands. Give me a sec here. <laughs> <laughs> just what the listeners just, wanted to hear. Uh, just a little sticky there. Um, <laughs> That's what he said. Okay, so... What was the year? I think I, I think we're circ- we're talking maybe two thousand three, two thousand four, during um during Fan Expo. I guess now it's Fan Expo. C- during the CN Anime phase of Fan Expo of what is now Fan Expo. I miss CN Anime. I think many do, but let's talk about. And as it's I said, still there in some weird mutant form. But not really. Let's own it. <laughs> well, let's, not really. Let's and as I said, this l- l- we'll said, have a, a longer conversation <laughs> about this a bit later on. But over the um, initial years, we had guests like the voices from pokemon so um on the topic of pokemon since um Detective, Detective, Pikachu. Po- Detective Pikachu came out last Did week 
No, I yet. haven't, but no. I know it's number one in the box <laughs> office right now. I need to no, see it still. I, I did not. Okay, so... The um, question is, how do I now catch uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, on Pokemon Go? Okay, I think... Okay, so let's... Spoiler alert, man. Come on. So, here we go. You, you use the AR camera, and uh, after you take some pictures of the Pokemon, Detective Pikachu will come out eventually. <laughs> or do I just throw the phone at Ryan Reynolds if I just happen to see him and then hope I'm not arrested? No, no, no. Well, it's um, nice knowing you, James. Nice knowing you, dude. <laughs> nice knowing you. Okay, so the um, now I remember. Roughly 2001, 2002. Okay, Rachel, um, in the initial years, Lisa Ortiz, Rachel Lillis, they're, they, they had... Um, uh, Lisa Ortiz is known for her voice as... Uh, played as the English voice behind Lena Inverse in Slayers. Yeah, and they were doing stuff in and she Utena did, as well, she I did, remember. She like, because Utena. I remember they were promoting those heavily mm-hmm. back then, right? Yes. And that was part of it, too, along yeah, with Pokemon. Yeah, so um, mm-hmm. in the early aughts. And obviously it went into the early aughts. So they were they came down for the show. They've come. Um, Rachel, Lillis, uh, uh, Rachel Lillis plays Misty, plays Misty in the, uh, in the uh, Pokemon dub. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Lisa Ortiz had various female voices, but was it Jenny or Joy she played? Oh, she played. Uh, she played Officer uh, Officer Jenny, I think, uh, the various incarnations of Officer Jenny in the uh, dub. Um, a couple of years later, Rachel um, Veronica Taylor visited, and yeah. she's the uh, voice I guess of the, Ash. she's the voice of Ash, and the original voice of Ash. Yes, thank. You. Okay, so I, well, yeah, the original voice of Ash visited, and she was with her um, daughter at the time, who probably. Couldn't have been more than ten years old, but I'd say I would peg her, peg the daughter at the time, a little younger. And as a gift, uh, I think I, if memory serves me right, I may have sat in. I may have actually uh, moderated her Q and A, but my memory is now a little blurry. But we, but I did sit in on it, and we had an help. And remember, I was still on staff at the time with with uh, with fan with Fan Expo. But one of the things I did for her, one of the things I did was I gave her a bottle of Ramune. So, and she told me the next day, she, you know, oh, I remember, we, I bought multiple bottles of Ramune for the game shows that day because I we gave a, we gave a couple bottles. Yeah, that away. was before we had the one-year uh, reprieve. Yeah. I remember we, that. We, that, we, that, we, that. We won't forget we did that, that We did that. Uh, now I remember. And we yeah, still we did, did it. And we took over from you and did for many years before I finally petered out. And yeah. So we did that and then I had a call, one extra bottle left and I gave it to... to um, to Veronica Taylor, and she told me the next day she, she uh, had f- she and her daughter had fun having uh, having drinks at it, having 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 it. So uh, we gave away. Um, I think we had a drinking contest with Ramune, and I think the winner got an extra like a couple extra bottles. And then the lo- the loser of that drinking contest to see who could guzzle down an entire bottle in front of us, yeah, yeah. open it and guzzle down an entire bottle. We gave like a couple bo- extra bottles to them. And then the loser, I think of that, we gave like a couple cans of Coke, but they were only like this big. Oh, the small the, the ones? Small cans the that existed at the time. Oh God, yeah. We gave that, it was, I thought, I thought it was a good joke mm-hmm. at the time. A- anyway, that, but that's the story I have about um, Ramune. So about the, these Ramune. So uh, thanks. Thanks, Mohammed. On the topic, he also brought some uh, chewy candy, some pocky as well. So uh, two types of pocky: uh, one banana, one green tea. Because yeah, that it was either that or the uh, green tea Kit Kats, <laughs> or the green tea arrows, it's, or the green tea whatever. Well, <laughs> the green tea arrows. I'm still curious to ever try them. Should they ever, you know, ever exist? 
<laughs> or should they? They're starting you know, to doubt, Mike. Should they actually be anywhere out there or in in season or whatever? <laughs> they don't grow on trees. <laughs> I don't. They, they, might. Might. <laughs> they might. No, it's still a fair statement to make. Uh, I, I'd like to think, but um, <clears throat> and by the way, one other thing we're having, we're taping this in on Friday evening. We are watching the keeping an eye, one eye on the Toronto Raptors Milwaukee Bucks game, game two. Don't worry, Mike. Raptors they'll do what uh, all sports teams do and in what Toronto? the Leafs did this year, and that's, Lose. they give us Suck. all this hope. Lose, and then keep they, false. Then they then they screw us. Keep false hope alive. Okay, much to talk about here. So, um, where do we start? Uh, do we uh, first of all, what type of snacks are these? They're just delicious. That's what they are. I don't know what they are, but they're just delicious. Yeah, and get closer to the mic, please. Um, <laughs> So there's that. Don't okay. think you want wrestling on the mic there. <laughs> no. Okay. So where do you want? Um, where do we start tonight? Um, well, let's. Thought you get... wanted to do a little culture. Let's talk a little culture. Okay. So this is also episode nine. Also marks the first episode of the Reiwa era in back in Japan. As many, or as maybe a lot of, probably most of you know, uh, J- Japan has a new emperor. Um, emperor Akihito abdicated. At the end of April, and then the very next day, well, I think it was son. a little more than that. It was a two-year process, almost. Well, the, which, but, which, yeah. cul- which which culminated uh, at the end of April, and then the next day, his son Naruhito. And it's crazy how it took so long just to get that done because there could have been so many things they needed to reform. Just like yeah, there. But in a constitutional monarchy, it takes a lot of things, and they only have one country to worry about. Unlike the Commonwealth, where Queen Elizabeth is the head of many countries, and that took a lot just to allow uh, Charlotte just to be keep her place in line in the throne. Yeah, whereas uh, whereas any woman has no place in line in Japan, right? Yeah, well, it is a paternal society and stuff it's, like that, and a paternal a... monarchy. The way they revised it after the war again, because some of that played in as well. Yeah, um, NHK. Uh, just for reference, and I know. Sort of on topic or off topic, I know, but um, NHK World did air a three-part documentary about Akihito, the outgoing emperor, and um, it's a it's an interesting watch if you don't mind uh, a good well, almost three hours of your time for each part. It's like an hour or hour, good hour, twenty minutes each part, so you can watch them, and they'll be up on the web, on the NHK World website and your apps if you have them. Until ne- until this point next year, so yeah, plenty of time to watch that. It, it, this stuff, the emperor always has some uh, has my, has some holds a, a small fascination, like any royalty does, and um, royalty in general, I think would. And obviously, we talk a lot about European monarchs, the British monarchy. So I want to save a couple minutes just to talk Japanese monarchy because, well, let's face it, this is a we talk at Japanese anime. I think we should. There's I, why not save a couple minutes here. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I want to at least uh, acknowledge it and acknowledge the uh, changing of the era, acknowledge what's happened, how things have uh, changed, what and what can be, um, what can uh, what lies ahead maybe for the mother for what for the country where much of what we talk about comes from, right? Uh, we're, so, <clears throat> but but we but from Akihito to Nar for to Naruhito. Like we're talking the first um, emperor who was born after World War II, and the first educated outside Japan because it was Oxford, wasn't it? Uh, he went to Oxford. Yep. And then did he go somewhere else? But I know he was 
a lot of foreign experience, you know, I mean, and his wife, of course, as well. Yeah. And is very this foreign. is where this is like we're, we're talking an odd dynamic, some very odd dynamics at play. And this is way and I know and maybe too much for the scope of what we're going to talk of this show right now, but still a nice, interesting way to to touch on it. It's kind of an interesting thing thinking about because they're more an internal society, whereas their new emperor and empress are more, they've been out in the external world, you know what I mean? Unlike a lot of people, probably in Japan, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they bring these different elements, even though it's just, they. it's like most marquees, they're there for show. Mm-hmm. They can't intervene or anything but it's like even that more, unless it's, even, it's a constitutional yeah. crisis like and it's even more so in this case i think because um because the government really has a lot more control i think it really has a little quite a bit more control in some ways and they don't in others but mm-hmm. so it always a lot of it always depends on the government of the day and i could foresee like there was a hint of of like we never really got a sense but i get the feeling there would have been some philosophical differences between akihito and the uh, and the government, and the imperial household agency, which runs the uh, runs the monarchy, or which oversees that that part, and then I could see it even being more so with Naruhito because of his educate because of his Western education, and Masako because and Empress Masako because of her um, because mm-hmm. of her of her education. She's she by by trade she's a diplomat, mm-hmm. and her father served in the world court uh, world court as well. Um, and he's a career diplomat. Like, but as we saw, it's like she definitely stepped back. And even then, she was put under intense, intense pressure. Yeah, and that's and sort let's of... Let's put it that way. That's sort of the, uh, the, the, those, the, the tensions at, uh, at work there. But Masako could be a really interesting because now with her take, finally becoming empress, she's kind of um, stepped forward a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, she was going through that time. He was married. They had to get an heir and stuff like that. They only have two heirs basically left. Like they are almost an endangered species. Just like how uh, no, it isn't. That's just like how. And the, you, we talked about Mike how they were thinking of bringing back con- concubines and how Hirohito had concubines. <laughs> no, I, the way you said that, I thought you were said they were going to bring back cows, and I thought, but they already have cows in Japan. <laughs> But this is the. But, but as it, I said, here's the uh, dynamic <clears throat> dynamics uh, at work here, right? Um, let's uh, just just to quickly and I'll, and I don't want to touch too much more on this because uh, let's be honest. Um, but what what is this? Yeah, you mentioned three heirs. So the um, there are three four three heirs to three um, two other men in line. The the secession runs from Naruhito now for, for, as the emperor. The um, next in line to the throne is his younger brother, Fumihito. And then number three in line, and this is he's probably going to be the key one, Prince Hisahito, the um, 11-year-old, his, um, uh, Fumihito's 11-year-old son. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the young man when the time comes. And then the other thing is they said the way they set it up too after the war all the females, once they marry out, they're out of the royal family. It's like they've and definitely, they, it's it's like very, very tiny. It gets tinier and tinier, unlike other royal families so this and is, stuff like that, even though some of them have tried to streamline. So yeah. let me ask this. As the emperor, what do you do? You're a symbol of the nation. Basically, yeah, that's what you are. And that's <clears throat> what most monarchies are. They're a symbol to the nation. Now, of course, uh, that's and, the same of... 
promoting the, is, the culture and promoting the country and tourism and stuff like that, especially in the case of the British monarchy for when they go to the different spots because people mm. come, right? Mm-hmm. This is, it's, it's weird because um, only in recent weeks I was, I, did I get familiar with the term symbol of the state as opposed to head of state because that's, that's what the emperor is. Not because, the head of state. Yeah, no, that was a big deal, like, for MacArthur and the Americans, because they wanted to make sure that it didn't happen again. So they specifically said, you're not the head of government anymore. Or like head of all state. the other yeah. monarchies, they're just a symbol. Yeah. And he's not a living god, remember, because mm-hmm. he was still thought of as a living god, Hirohito. But, but, the, but the monarchy still holds a rallying point any, uh, regardless. But where, where, we, where it, it starts to get murky, then the debate really starts to open up. And as I said, this isn't, this isn't necessarily the forum to talk at length about it. I did, but I did want to acknowledge what, was, what has happened. And there is longer debates concerning where, where, like, what the new era or what the new era as a checkpoint means for Japan. I guess we could have always had a lighter tone on the Reiwa era and basically said for the last era, the Showa era or whatever. Enlightened. What, and- what, uh, what was the best anime of the last 30 years? Evangelion. Evangelion. <laughs> yeah, Evangelion. Well, okay, so let's talk. Let's Pokemon. briefly talk about I, that. I saw a few gaming sites and Did different things Pokemon? they were uh, talking Yo, about the heck each out of here. decade of the Showa era and basically what happened it was kind of intriguing digimon is a good show i won't like the first one they talk about is the game boy because the game boy was the first big thing or electronic or game system released because it was january i think when he came in 89 for akihito yeah so we're talking about touch points in japanese pop culture during that time Mm -hmm. okay anime wise obviously there was a fair amount there i mean um the irony is, I think there was a focus um, to his fans. There was a focus on um, uh, what about of Yoshi- Japan? Well, because Yoshiki is, but was kind of front and center. Remember, uh, we remember we have uh, we have one of our um, regular listeners uh, who's a fan, who's a big fan, right? Mm-hmm. So he plays a mean piano. Yes, he does. I've yes, seen him does. play. He's a mean pianist. Uh, I remember. I, I remember somebody saying, really uh, cur- <laughs> referring to him. I remember somebody referring to Yoshiki's career as a man whose career has spanned the entire um, Heisei era, right? So mm. he's considered one of those key mil- key guy key guys in the music industry uh, in music history for uh, for Japan in recent history. So there's something like that. We talked about anime. I, I guess we can uh, let's not go like we can go ad nauseum about some of the great great stuff that that era that came along. During the '90s, during the aughts, and right up until like during the entire 30-year span of the era. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, as I said, it took. I, I had fascination because, um, you know, when when Masako, uh, Empress Masako, married into the family, obviously she was she drew comparisons to Diana, because people to Diana at the time. So, you know, I I have a couple newspaper clippings from the day, and then obviously, sadly, the um, there's been enough tension that. It's well. She's it's paralleled Diana in many. She's paralleled Diana in many ways with the tough times that she's had in the family. Or except her husband stood up for her, and they're still happily married. As I said, there's uh, there's some interesting. There's an interesting dynamic at play, and maybe we'll save that for another discussion, or uh, you know, off off uh, microphone discussion some other time. Which which uh, which is once again an encouragement for people to come and see the show taped live, and we'll be talking about that. Can't believe you're just going to let people into your home, Mike. 
<laughs> not this. Not the, not. I'm not talking about that. Wouldn't be the first time. I know, right? right? No, no, it wouldn't be the first. What, time. what would your family member <laughs> Mo think of that? Absolutely. Mike. Oh, <laughs> hey, I came into this and I just see Mo just chilling in the corner of Mike's home. Like he's a part of the family. Mo Nicholas. Well, we were Wait, watching what member of the family just chills in the corner? <laughs> well, when he came in. The okay. outcast, that's who. <laughs> so, okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, okay, so let's get off of that uh, now. I mean, I've said my, my piece for now. So. Recap. I learned, I learned recently because of Anime World Order. That. That the Reiwa is also a song sung by uh, I know, Yui Sakakibara. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yes, yeah, or it was. a visual novel. I know where you're going with this. Uh, Braban, the Bonds of oh. Melody. I knew oh, they'd bring up some. I knew some, one of us was. Because that's that's kind of known. That, like, I I saw, I heard that, and I'm like, what? I, I'm sure the symbol is just that they looked and it's like, okay, we might as well just show this, but we can't, so we'll show this other more. We can talk. We, yeah, we can talk about the literal translation, the literal translation, and the official translations of the word of the word Rewa as well. That's as I said, this gets all. This takes on a bunch of different. And so people branches. were just laughing at the fact that it shares the name of a song that was used for a hentai visual yeah, novel. novel. <laughs> yeah. No. And. Well, there's a lot of missteps here in the in the in the term. No, right? I think Japan knows what it's doing. Hmm. They're Japan. Yes. <laughs> well, they had well, <laughs> but the thing Japan. is, there's a punchline in it in and of itself. Okay, so here we go. We planned to tape an episode as a bridge between um, International Fan Festival, which took place back towards the end of April. What was the dates again? Just so Easter I got weekend. Right. Let's Easter play weekend. that Easter weekend. We spent a Good Friday. Yes, we did. At uh, the convention center. I'm yeah, not sure if it was a good Friday, but it was on the 21st, time. almost exactly a month ago. We want to do this. Uh, we want to do an episode as a bridge between IFF and and Anime North with a little TCAF, with TCAF, obviously. So we sit in this uh, in a very odd time of the year for anime fandom here in Toronto. Yep. For anime many events, fandom. many events. Yeah, all packed into roughly the space of just over a month. And there were also some movies too. So it's like if you're an anime fan, you had much choice. You know, I, I, as I said, um, we're watching the Raptors game. This is tough to watch at the moment. Raptors are down 35 21. He had a clear view. Okay. This is not going to end well, by the way. Oh, no. Okay, so. Are you saying they should send out the scrubs? They should. Maybe. <laughs> okay, so um, in this episode, I do want to talk at length about what we saw at IFF. I didn't get it because I was so because I was sick. I didn't get a chance to see TCAF. So, but Kevin and James, they can speak to that. Muhammad has nothing to offer to these conversations because he was at none of this. Oh, man. He's a part of your family, Mike. Come on. So, <laughs> we're family. Well, although he had a good reason, at least on IFF, because it was his birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank you. Cool. So, uh, well, where do we start? Um, I, I guess we start at the beginning. Well, perhaps? yes. I guess we start at IFF. Um, well, General, we saw, it's like we can talk about lines, lines, and more lines because that was a constant theme. This was a that was I think that hinted at a lot of things. Let me get to, 
Like, I mean, that hinted... The lineups were... Oh, God, right? Like, Friday was okay. We knew we were, like... It was kind of like a chill day on Friday because the main guests they were promoting for the Fate series and stuff like that, supposedly they must have just flew them in because they said they were just kind of there. So I'm surprised they made it through. I'm not sure if they even knew they were in Toronto because it was like, they're in, they're out. Well, this gets interesting, right? Like, that gets uh, a little bit... Well, interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Because, and they were like, so they, Saturday and Sunday were the days they were there. And that's and where those were the, and they heavily promoted all those guests. And the ones they heavily promoted, people definitely came to see. Yes, and that, and it filled up. Because I good. know we were talking about, how's it going to go? And it felt, it had, as we said, the CN anime vibe, the vibe of old. Well, yeah, the CN anime vibe, because we were taking, it was taking place literally in the same space. Yep, in the same space, At the too, Metro yep. Toronto Convention Center. When Fan Expo invades the center, I think it takes both buildings now, right? Nowadays it does. It does? Yeah, but it, it most can... of the south, because that's where most of the spaces and stuff like that. Yes. This one took, um, IFF took place in the north building, which was traditionally where, um, like in the early days of Fan Expo, it, it, well, mm-hmm. Fan Expo worked between the two, had were solely in either building. But then at a point, and I stopped being involved in it just uh, some years before it started to take up over both buildings. Mm-hmm. And so then that's more to the south because the south was there the was a, larger it stayed space there and stuff for like a bit that. for some mm-hmm. years, and now it's expanded into both buildings. It's uh, it's like Toronto, it's like the auto show. It's auto show esque in that sense, I suppose, because I know the auto show takes both buildings. Yeah, mm-hmm. Or correct me if I'm wrong. So um, the International Fan Festival took the North Building. Friday night wasn't all that busy. It was to be expected. Um, the Japanese guests of honor. Uh, Though I think Ayako people K- did come for the fate. Uh, oh yeah, and the second fate movie a- they did another screening of that, and we, I think that was the precursor where you knew, okay, this is what people are here for. Yes, uh, Sugi- uh, Noriaki Sugiyama, Kano Ueda, uh, Ayako Kawasumi, Megumi Nakajima. Oh, Megumi Nakajima, Konomi Suzuki. Um, not real. I don't think those aren't voices. But uh, Noriko Shit. Uh, Shitaya, they were she. Um, those were the those were the Japanese guests of honor, and uh, those were. And I think um, that and the center and much of the uh, programming, much of the hype, much of the talk going into IFF surrounded those Japanese guests. And that's they've done all that a lot in recent years with a lot of the conventions in North America and stuff like that, where it's like they're trying to promo either a program or something, and they bring a group of voice actors from that series and stuff like that. So Fate was the one they did for this one. Anime Boston was the same weekend. They ended up bringing people over from the City Hunter movie, and people are like, why the hell are they bringing these people over? And then they made oh, the announcement... Some- that discotheque has the new City Hunter movie and all of the previous City Hunter uh, they got, programs. Basically, they uh, got the Uber rights. But not but- Angel Heart, <laughs> which is what I actually want. Well, see, see, but I know Angel Heart's history is touch and go. So, um, mm-hmm. so it's open to some... So there's a debate, I guess, in all, involved in all of that. Okay, so let's continue on Friday night. It was fairly dead. I'm going to say, say this much about the spa- uh, space. It was sm- It was fairly small mm-hmm. i found it fairly small but um yeah they didn't take all that large room of the north building they took i'd say a quarter of it i would say for the dealer's room and stuff like that yeah and they didn't need to well mm-hmm. you thought anyway but then it got real interesting. they needed like Let's, another space for 
line. Let's put it this way for autographs. Yeah, that's for the I think people that the big talking point will be the autographs for the Japanese guests. And then you Without have how they set up their ticketing, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, the ticket, there's that. Those it was almost, those, a, it was like a pay to play. Let's put it that way. Yes. And the people who decided to invest, how much was it? How much was it for the um, golds and platinums? I have no idea. And then the, the, di- and then the one diamond. Like there, was, there was, the diamond I think was like over a thousand bucks. And but then, wasn't that that thing you could go to another one of their conventions or something like that? Because remember they are based in Vancouver. <laughs> they had another convention that year in Osaka. And I feel that one would have been interesting because it would have been a different experience to do that in Japan. Like it would be a different experience. And the fact of, I think it was relationship building to get these guests because they definitely get really good guests for their Vancouver show and for this we're, show. We're, and we're talking anime revel, right? Yeah, and, so. oh, do I even not dare say this? Not revel, but IFF. That, they're, not, they're unrelated. And don't want to risk our status epic? as the official podcast of Anime North, but that's status. all in terms of Japanese guests, that's already a lot better than what Anime North does. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to and that. And there was talks about that in the convention. Yes, I feel like there were some people discussing that. And let's let's get to that. We'll get to that in a bit because yes, Anime North the you can't talk about IFF right now without talking ultimately about Anime North. Because and it I was so to, close. It's so close, and let's face it, Anime North—it's Anime North—is an institution. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to that a bit, a bit later into the conversation, because we have to kind of acknowledge some of the stuff that, like, a few of the things. Um, Friday night. So the highlight of Friday night was a screening of uh, part two of um, Fate Stay Heaven's Feel. And it was definitely a more boisterous crowd than what I described and stuff like that. And it it was similar in one of the voice actresses. She came and she was one of the ones that they actually had, like her and the male lead, Shiro, both of them were there, but like at the convention, but she was only there for the screen. And she said something similar to what she said in the small little snippet they did in the theaters where the... North American crowds were more boisterous, yeah. I'd say, and than the more sedate yeah. uh, Japanese crowds. Let's go, let's backtrack. That'd be Noriko Shitaya who said that, because yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've oh, seen that you... clip. I saw that clip uh, during when Unlimited, not Unlimited, when Heaven's Feel Part 2 screened at Cineplex. Mm-hmm. And, she said and then the, you had the director that was scared much... like shitless, because he's like, why is this camera in my face? Let she, me get back to work. And she certainly hinted that, and, and she actually... Um, Shitaya-san actually did sneak in to watch the, watch the taping, watch the screening that night. Oh. I, 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 this is the this is the this is the um, little that's the thing that James was hinting at because um, while waiting in the lineup, I saw the staff and they suddenly were gathered around one Japanese woman, and they they greeted her in very high regard, and then they let her into the room, and then. I called ahead, and then everybody was let in slowly. Mm-hmm. Everybody, because there was a long line, actually quite a long lineup to get into the to watch. Um, and watch that was the, and that was the biggest room for the yeah, panel for, rooms and stuff like that. It was that. the biggest was, room for the panel rooms, but maybe I would have said I would have been close to saying, well, maybe inadequate for the screening itself because it, they had one more room that they used for opening ceremonies in the, and concert, the concert, which was which downstairs, we'll, which we'll talk about. Which and I, I think you went to the later. live recording too. We'll talk about those in a, in a mm-hmm. couple minutes and, and they held her in high regard. And then as everybody filed in, I watched everybody filed in. I was probably the very last person to go in. Cause I decided, I, James, I told you we were, um, 
touch and go as to whether or not we'd be there. Mm-hmm. I, I, yep. I was touch I was touch and go as to whether or not I'd stick around. I thought, hmm, maybe this might be interesting. And I admit, I have not watched Fate Stay before. Really? Really? Yeah, you went full uh, full in since we so know is, how that like movie is. You're like this me when I went to go watch Avengers Endgame. Wait, <laughs> having seen almost none of it beforehand. So, so it meant nothing to you when everything happened. It was just very entertaining. It was entertaining. Just went for the slugfest. That's it. Uh huh. It was a good one. So, where do we continue here? So, um, I, I went in and then I saw that the the uh, Shitoya-san, and I thought it, and I had to look. I saw it, they were looking at her, and I looked. I took a good look at her face, watching for, as the lineup was going in. Uh, before the lineup went in, I took a good look and then looked through the the program because um, at my tier, at my level, uh, I. Most, if you went with the cheapest levels, uh, cheapest um, ticket tiers, which were only available for a limited time, you didn't get, you didn't get the, um, you didn't get this, you didn't get the uh, program. Oh, oh no, you did get the program. Oh, you did get the program. Yeah, yeah even us at the, at the thirty dollar level. Yep, yep. Okay, they it better was, give you the be, program. Like, they come gave on. you the program. It was what was it? It was like that be- grab bag of goodies or whatever these knickknacks or whatever that you um, got at. Because my was uh, it sixty five or seventy or something friend, like that? So uh, we didn't get yeah, those. My friend, but my friend, uh, my friend didn't get it. That's mm-hmm. why she didn't get that. But we did get that because I know they gave that to me. Okay, so and I looked through the program and I saw a picture and I said, "Is that who? Is that Shitia? Is that um, Shitaya-san?" And I thought, "Hmm." And then I, after I got into the room, uh, I gave you a call and told you, "I think she, I think she's in here. Mm-hmm. Look in the back. Look near the water cooler." Mm-hmm. And um, I want to. I actually want to go up to that water cooler get a. Get a get a glass of water and then acknowledge her and then just go back to my seat because I don't think because um, she admitted this in her Q and A that she did sneak she did watch the movie but I don't know how many of the fans knew she was in there. I don't I think knew. many did. No, like, yes, think, they but, just kind of were going in to do their yes, thing. You know what I mean? So people but, are very sedate. And yes, that's the but, thing. I, people but, when it comes to <clears throat> Japanese guests, people almost never know who these people look like. Until they actually, until they're spotlighted. Until they actually come onto the stage for the first time. It even happened during TCAF when, when Hideaki Ano showed up. A couple is this last year? No, no this no, was no, years ago. A few, yeah. few years ago, years ago. And his, because remember his wife came. Moyoko Ano was and, the actual yeah, and guest. She was there, and she was there to support his wife, and so they were going around doing all that. But he was there at the actual TCAF, and just, he was there supporting, and he was just sitting behind her, and just hanging most out. Most people. And, Said, please don't bother him. But most people just gave a nod and went on. Yeah, they did. Some people did recognize him. No, I didn't know they explicitly said like, "Don't bother Hideaki Anno." Yeah, a lot of them. I think there were some people that knew, but they they were telling like, "This is for her, so don't try to bother him." Like, I know some people. I didn't know they actually announced that. They didn't announce it. It was more like if someone got, I guess, over boisterous or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, staff member say that. I can't remember who it was, but it might have been one of the stuff. But it was just one of the things where some people uh, probably were talking in line. And it was just, don't, you know what I mean? Don't. I have, I have a friend who forcefully shook Anno's hand, actually. <laughs> just don't be overly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but. Uh, I just gave him the head nod. You, yeah, the head nod, I think it was. I think that, that, like, they were okay with that. But you know what I mean? Like, I think, going directly yeah. up. And, and I and I knew, I figured that out. And But it also adds to why I think. Some Japanese guests really appreciate coming to North America. They can walk with a degree of anonymity, right? Mm. And sometimes if you're enough of a celebrity, you appreciate just having your own personal space when that, when that happens. So um, 
I found it really interesting. And plus, yeah, she did want to gauge the reactions of the crowd. And uh, uh, while during the screening of the movie, that's why she uh, came in so early. The the, uh, the um, organizers had constantly kept saying the Japanese guests are nowhere here. They're not actually in town yet. They were in, probably in town, and one of them came. Come aside. on, of course they're in Who town. Are you and and they just but, they but just, it feels like they, they were on rest, a tighter they, schedule. If they I wanted think, to rest, sure they can rest. But um, that or they're in, or they're at Niagara Falls. No, no, no. I I think they were actually tired for them, unlike TCAF, where they actually do bring the guests way ahead of time and take them places. But everyone seems to want to go to they Niagara got, Falls because I guess that's their clearly, image. That's hey, our, hey, at least you that's our go only advantage. <laughs> At least you don't I got to go to a winery and like get drunk. That's our only advantage to bring anybody over to Canada. Let's yeah. be real here. I or thought to, it was the CN Tower, Kevin. The CN Tower, the big, massive thing that and just that goes circle thing where we play ball stick. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking about? What? Uh, so sky dome baseball is funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> But um, the dome that opens to the sky. Well, I, okay, sword. so. But uh, in the place where they play the well, hockey, which has me wondering, you know, which has me wondering, let's hope the uh, the Japanese guests of honor at least got to see uh, uh, Niagara Falls. So <clears throat> but you want to gauge the reactions for many of the people I could get from what I could gather. A lot of the people who were watching the um, who were watching the movie were seeing it for the second time. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where you could go back and still get a lot out. And it also, you got a lot out um, from the panel the next day because they had a panel with all the guests, but it was spotlighting that movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they specifically told you, if you're coming to this, you're going to be spoiled. Yes, yeah, so you're going to be like, like you're going to get spoilers. Um, and that was an interesting insight, another layer to the movie. Yes, it is. It was to the whole thing. And obviously each of the um, guests did individual Q&As beginning on the Saturday. And many people could get into them for various reasons. Yes, let's talk about they, they, that. For they, a was like, this was like I think this will be one of the first major criticism, the one of the major criticisms of IFF. You had to choose between. You had to make some pretty tough choices. Did you want to see a Q and A, or do you want to try and get an autograph from maybe the same person about to do that Q and A? Or but you had to make some tough choices because it was like one after the other. The other thing was. They started right when they opened the doors and stuff like that. So people supposedly, I guess, had lined up like well before I was told. Mm -hmm. And so we had the pleb line, which I was in, and then you had the special line. And that special line looked like it had a few people in it. The special line. Yeah, well, we can talk about those special lines later. (laughs) That's a a big point of discussion. Uh, I mean, I get it. Yeah, the gold and platinum passes, I get it. And it's been done before. No, it's been no done. Down, yeah. No doubt done before. I mean, it's the first time I've really seen it done. Yeah, uh, in, in, our, of, like, in, our, I've, in our in our area, in, I would say yes. yes. It's the first time. But I've seen I, it. I mean, I I get it. To, I get it. But boy, that was kind of, at points demoralizing. If mm-hmm. you just had a regular ticket, and they definitely were enforcing what they said, where they went down the line and said gold and platinums, gold and platinum. So they were definitely making sure they got there first, like they promised. Oh yeah, well, so I they think, got their money's worth. Well, Let's yes, they did, they did get their money's worth, and I think at points you really want to beat them up. 
I think, honestly speaking. Why do you say that? I know. Oh, no, because at a point, they really put in, some of them really put in like your face. People, you know, they they got, got one of those passes. Yes. Oh. No, yeah, I got one of those passes. I want to see the line because then I'll get to the front of it. So what happened and was. I to, and, and one guy did that while we were wait, while yeah. waiting in a line. And I admit. Hmm. Yeah, just let weebs be weebs. It's fine. That's, I mean, I, I mean, there was a moment I admitted that. But, there, <laughs> but it passes. But that all said, um, you know. I want footage, or or it didn't happen, Mike. Hmm? I want footage of you laying the smack down, or it didn't. Oh, happen. I did. I didn't. It didn't happen. But what was it? It was. But some... you know, they can go back. They can go back and you know sit in their parents' basement later on. So, but hmm. it was funny how it worked out. So we had to line up, and then it was just like a race. So Sakura's voice actress was the one first, and we didn't even get to get there. And then basically they said, "For okay, we'll start a new line and move you guys over." And then we were doing Kano Ueda. This we actually like, were lucky to get through to her, but these people were like machines. Like they only had an hour to do these signings and they're like, boom, 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 boom. And they had to check and make sure everything was official merchandise too. But at least you got to get a choice of your Sharpie, the color Sharpie they could sign with. <laughs> and so then if you guys, so we got Canada, the next one was for Shiro's voice actor. And he basically, um, so, yeah, we so- wouldn't be able to do that. So we for oh, they're going to just let us do it again. We'll skip to the next one. And so basically what they did is, I don't know, you said it was one of the head or probably higher ups or something like yes. that, decided in all fairness, they would do randomizer time for the last one and for Saber's voice actors. And I basically said, well, I'll just see how it goes. And being non-blase about it was good because people were very, um, I don't want to say they went after this fellow, but they were salty. They were, well, some people... <laughs> they were, just, as they a, were as the young people say nowadays. Attention. Let's put it, it this was, way. They were trying to get was, his it attention. It certainly wasn't... Uh, it certainly was... Like, to those who didn't get uh, chosen uh, on each of those sweeps, yeah, it mm-hmm. left a bad taste, admittedly. And so they oh. decided to do a different thing for the next day. We'll just talk the about Sunday. lines. So yeah, that it, got, it kind of continues then, the circle. Yeah, so kind of circle. Because I remember... Uh, I was debating if I should go in on that Saturday to get the autographs, but then... You would have basically been waiting, and yeah. it, it's hard to say whether you would get the ones you want, because you said you already had Kano Oedas and stuff like that. So I, I opted out on Saturday for the autographs because uh, I was just out with my sister and her family, so I later learned about the shit show and thought, oh, okay, I dodged a bullet there. Yeah, it was it, it was interesting. They improved things a little better because they were able to lay out the uh, to lay out signage, uh, floor signage, a little better. Yeah, on the but Sunday. Then, but then I heard from Kevin they had these sign, uh, signage. But remember, this is at the back of the hall, and they, I think the security was worried about fire zones and all this. And you had the, I guess, bath stalls and stuff like that. And so I think you guys waited them out because they were going to move you. I think they you were said Kevin. They were already. So this was on the Sunday. Sunday. So even though they had a plan. So I went in to get Noriko Shitaya's autograph. So she's the person who voices Sakura. Uh, I already have Kanoeda's autograph. She's uh, she's Rin. So, oh wait, no, 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 my mistake. I went for Aiko Kawasumi's. Yeah, Saber. It's for Saber. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't go to get an autograph for Saber though. I actually went to go get my copy of Samurai Champloo autograph because she's foo yeah kind of like what i did i got a, an art book from ayori yoshi 
Oh, Cause, yeah. Because uh, she plays Aoi in that. Oh, I'm yes. not totally sure she, I'm not totally sure how she felt about seeing that character again, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? As, uh, part of me suspects that she might not even remember... <laughs> Entirely possible. Very, yeah. entirely, possible. Possible. entirely possible. Entirely possible. So, I got there at one forty-five. So I didn't know you were there on Sunday because we were. But this leads to another point. One of the latter latter points. We'll or on. yeah, I got there. I think that autograph line was supposed to start at two or three. I don't remember anymore. But I got there an hour and fifteen minutes before, and it was already kind of long. And so they were warning us that you know there's probably not a good chance that you're gonna get an autograph so they had so eventually they did technically cut off the line because of what you said james that uh because of fire code regulations and so they were telling us to disperse but then i actually kind of walked away for a bit but then people were standing firm saying like no we're not moving and all that and we're gonna just wait it out and then eventually like some people that were worked for the con they I guess they talked it out and then they decided that, you know what, fine, you can stay, but like just, you know, don't don't hope for anything, right? And then I came when I came back, I rejoined the line because I knew the people who I was standing with and they were nice enough to let me back in. And uh she was nice enough to stay a little bit past the time to sign more of us. Cause I think by the time I finally got that autographed, it was like three fifty five. And they, that was the thing. I think they were a little more interspersed for that on the Sunday. They couldn't really do that on the Saturday because they had all their Q&As and the other signings like back to back to back. And then they had their big panel uh, at the end of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as possible. Basically on the Saturday, right? We're talking mm-hmm. Saturday, yeah, on the yes. Saturday. So you the, couldn't do the, that um, overtime. You know talk, what I mean? The talk show, basically. Mm-hmm. The um, Fate Day talk show. Which, mm-hmm. boy, isn't really a Q&A. It's just... Well, they actually got, they, they did well, like with that, where we got um, two of their uh, castmates. That was, um, oh, what was it? Um, Archer and uh, Gilgamesh. They had some words for the people that were there yes. and for their and they, fellow voice actresses. And that was good. They also, they I, they actually did get quite a few questions from their Google Forms thing. Yes, basically. And, uh, basically they, and there were some good questions in, in questions. there. Yeah, and people, and there, it was very informative stuff. Like, I think one of the most informative things, it's not really spoilers, but one point is, and I forget who it says, and it, they just said the director was genius for this, is that the visual novel had a spot, and we'll just say Sakura and Wonderland, where in the visual novel, all it was was just darkness and black, and then you just have words on a screen. And he took that and turned it into saying, it was the same type of scene, but it's like, how do you do that when you already... Like, no one wants to sit through a black screen for probably a few minutes. Like, that'll it'll, kill it'll feel, a movie, you know what I mean? It'll feel but, like it'll feel like an episode of Evangelion, <laughs> in some ways. But basically, they did this uh, Sakura in Wonderland, and it's like, oh, everything's happy and stuff like that. And then it turns into something completely different. And it still held the same meaning. And that was an interesting thing, because a lot of people probably hadn't played the visual novels, or if they had... You hadn't really thought about it. And it's like, oh, that's a good way to keep the spirit, but do it just a little differently because there are differences between like games and anime and manga and stuff like that. You know, I mean, how the mediums are able to portray things. Very impressive, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the open interpretations, but and which, which once again is a point of personal fascination for me. 
and there were other things too. I know the other thing last for fate was you went and saw the um, recording. And, okay. it, and that was an interesting one because remember, they're a veteran cast. And, and that's what the sound director said. Yes, the, this is a veteran cast. Let's, uh, let's talk about the recording because um, we'll, we'll talk about the sound director because who was the, what was the sound director's name again? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, one sec. I'll quickly look. The sound director was Takeshi uh, Takadera. Um, Takadera-san was, um, was uh, the, the sound director. Yes. Thank and you. he Takeshi. also was there when me and Mike, they did some uh, programs and stuff like you that. Wanna... And, we saw, and so it was Mecha Ude was when he yes, was Yes, he's the sound director of Mecha Ude. So he's doing he, that and he, he was promoting this. You know, he wasn't directly involved in um, Heaven's Field 2, but he was the sound director for Fate Stay Unlimited Blade Works. Mm-hmm. So, so he has some so stuff in the it, Fate universe. Yeah, so, so yeah. he has mm-hmm. a, he does have a fairly significant role in the Fate universe. So he hosted um, the recording panel with the uh, with uh, Sugiyama, uh, Ueda, Kawasumi, and Shitaya, and um, and it, he was the star of that. Really, he was the real star of that recording session. They just brought him up and they did they recorded scenes and stuff. Like they re- they reenacted scenes, various scenes from um, from the Fate Stay series. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was the it was uh, UBW basically, mm-hmm. and he and then the director would talk about would let the scene let them record their do the simulation of recording, and then and then the director would and then um, sound director the sound director, mm-hmm. and then um, ta- and then uh, Takadira-san would. Uh, get into some very technical details, which I found really fascinating. Because it's a different experience than the North American experience, oh, yes. like we know, but there's so much going on, especially since well, we all t- of them are together yeah. and stuff like that. In the same room, and there's a, mm-hmm. there is a definite chemistry there. And they've definitely, and it depends if they're a veteran cast or if this is the first time they're doing this so, series, because this series, they've had so much involvement in yes. that it kind of becomes a part of them and stuff like that. Well, it was, and then um, you said the other thing is sometimes they have to emote differently because Kura is different in different incarnations. For example, between the movies partly, and the TV series, partly that, and where do they? And basically, have to emote based on where relationships between characters stand at that point during that scene, right? So, um, like this is he said. He said yes. Now this is a since this is a veteran cast, they know what they're doing with their um, with these voices. They've done them for more than a decade. Mm-hmm. probably closer to two. And then, so um, this is kind of, this at this stage, it's kind of easy. So the character, the voice actors can remember how the stage of their, what stage they are at their relationship. And in many respects, they've played this scene before or a version of this scene before pre- re- previously recorded. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they already have that interplay because they've been, they've worked together for so long. But if it's a new cast, then the discussion becomes a little different. These are characters doing, like, uh, say you doing their doing the uh, role for the very first time. So then the ref- then there starts to be suggestions as to okay, where do these char- what are these characters' relationships at this point? What parts of the personality can we? What parts of said characters' personality should be showing at this point? Should they be more forceful? Should they be more timid? Mm-hmm. Stuff like uh, stuff like that. Um, so um, critique. Uh, so once again, so the critiques are based on both the contexts of the scene and the context of the t- of the story at that point, the timeline of the story. Mm-hmm. So um, 
So that's that's what I found really fascinating about Takadira about Takadira's comments. It would have been definitely a fascinating one for me to go see because this is the first time they've done one of these in Toronto and any of our cons. I know they've done them at other cons and stuff like that, and it definitely is an educational experience. Mm-hmm. But um, typically, he would say, if especially if this is uh, early days in uh, in somebody de- in a character, the character is yeah the um, early days, like a char- uh, say you doing doing a character for the first time, they probably would record this a couple times over so that they can refine it, mm-hmm. right? Since this is a more veteran laden crew, you probably don't have nearly as many re-records, if at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, it takes. So they so they end up um, so the recording is performed. It's listened to according to, uh, to Takadira. It would be refined based on where they feel the uh, the character should be depicted if it's early days in mm-hmm. all of this. And um, of course, the director, uh, as the sound director, suggests a few tweaks how they should. Uh, and the and the director. Um, the director. It sounds like the director would have more a good good grasp of the work at that point. Right, they probably would know the previously published works, so they have their sense as to where they think the characters should be should be at that stage, and they will, and that'll be part of the debate. That'll be part of the tweak. That'll be part of the refinement. Um, he said, uh, but at that stage, but in terms of in, in terms of um, where they where these this set of these uh, four voices were at this point, since we were talking, they had performed the role for a very long time. Um, fate stay rolls for a very long time. Really, this these type of debates didn't happen around at this stage uh, for them because they already knew where they wanted where they were with the character. They were well established established with the character. They knew so they already had well long established the direction of the char- of their characters and their plot, and they were familiar with the plot lines already. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. as I said, it was really good. Some of the obvious stuff we we've already touched on when we talked about um, Iwao Junko's um, talk last year at Anime North. When they we, they talked about you know everybody in a large studio sharing maybe a finite number of mics maybe no more than a couple, but then, then the other question was them coming back after so many years because well that was an even longer time than fate and fate they had a long break between them but then they kept on coming and back once you know again, what I mean which definitely again, probably and helps maybe as that well. comes back down to something maybe let, let uh, let's go uh, and since you brought that up let's well first of all let me regard acknowledge this part once again once again the talk about you know. Positioning yourself properly around the mics, moving around them, moving around the room properly so that... Because the mics can pick up a lot of things. They can pick up footsteps if you're not careful. So footwork and positioning yourself in the studio to huddle around the mics properly, it's a key thing. This is a thing we're talking. Mm-hmm. Now talking now going back to um, playing a character after uh, a long time, this comes back to... Maybe this com- um, comes down to... Um, Kawasumi's uh, Ayako Kawasumi's Q and A, which you and my friend probably didn't get a chance to see because you were in line waiting for autographs. Of but course. I decided to go watch. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that and that's a big takeaway for me. Um, that was a big takeaway from my end because she talked about you know she talked about a care about playing Saber again and, and about playing an iconic character. She, I remember she, you she said she said she like. But she was asked something about being typecast as Saber. And she said, to a degree, when she was younger, yeah, when she in earlier in her career, she might have had a degree of regret about that type of stuff, about being just Saber. Uh, but she says, 
Excuse me, I'm gonna silence my watch now. I hate. I hate. Uh, you said I, you weren't going to I didn't silence want the watch, to, <laughs> but I don't want to be reminded how much the Raptors are sucking right now. Well, is it okay? But is it not true that as as a voice actor gets older, they don't get as many roles because they're older. They're older. They're and, not as marketable. Yes. And, and unless and they're they, in an and, iconic franchise like well, Lupin and, and or they, Doraemon or stuff and like they, that, or, hold up, hold up. and they demand, you know, and they demand more for their services because they know what they're worth. I don't know about the diva element to that. That's and that's I, I don't even say the that. diva thing. It's just you can get it's cheap just, you, labor because they keep on manufacturing them. Exactly. You know what I mean. And then the but, other thing is, I forget who it was, but. They talk about you can't just be a voice actor. You have to be an idol. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to sing. You have to do a single. You have to do your blog. You have to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but she said, and at a point she said, you know, not many, not many voice actors will, can come across a role that they will be identified, forever identified with. Mm-hmm. So as she's grown older, she says, she said, she appreciates having somebody like Saber. Mm-hmm. And um, because they will milk that franchise for years to come, and I think she has a secure job in that sense. All I want to say like is, Iwao I still Jung- have hope for Sukihime. Yeah, one day. So as what's like, Sukihime, James? Yeah, but but <laughs> that doesn't maybe does maybe that even sort exist. Of, does Lear but, Legend uh, Sukihime exist? Yeah. I don't know. But it's sort of like it's sort of like um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, never so, heard of it. <laughs> it's sort of like. How do we put this? Well, it's sort of like um, Iwao Junko as uh, Tomoyo and Sakura Tange playing Sakura herself mm-hmm. in, in Cardcaptor, right? Um, I think I, that's the sense I got uh, from uh, from um, uh, from Iwao-san's um, Q&As last year. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she loved the role and she was so appreciative to be able to come back, which, and we'll talk about this when we talk Roost Basket a little later on. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't always rare. happen. There's no guarantees. If you piss off the creator, they uh, may not. Yeah, let's talk. We'll talk about that a bit later on. So, um, I, but that was a big takeaway. And just for reference, in the Q and A, she was asked, and these are some humorous, uh, maybe one in, uh, related question and one rather humorous question. Um, the related question was: She was asked outside of Fate, who's your favorite character to have played? You know what her response was? What? This won't surprise you. Foo. Really, she loved playing Fu. Really, and um, the thing is, these days she also says since she's come back to Saber. I mean, she loves playing Saber. She would say that she still has butterflies playing Saber. That was Umi-san said. But of course, is like in that one thing she talked about. The one thing that everyone thought during that whole movie is like, did you even speak? During that movie, yeah, like, she had like the one that she lines. Said, and she basically Wait, she said lines? she goes she had, because <laughs> yes. she goes because remember she said she goes through the thing and like marks her things and stuff like that. And she's like, "Wait, is this all I have?" It's like you're just gonna have me sit in the studio listen to everyone else. Well, mm-hmm. so um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> yes, but yeah, you, you yes. would want to get paid to do that, huh? But she said she still like, butter. She hasn't tired of ever, of playing saber at this stage. Well, maybe, but maybe that's the public PR thing to say too. But it's also because they haven't, they haven't made as many. Like, there's only so much material you can adapt at this point. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. running out of material to well, adapt. So the final thing is these movies, basically. Unless they go back and remake the first arc, which I know we've had that conversation before. Mm. Probably won't happen. Yeah, that's that's kind of like remaking the end of Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. 
And then she was asked about, okay, Saber likes eating. Do you like eating? Somebody asked humorously. And she just said, um, yeah, she likes food. And she said, um, has she had a meal yet? And, and a follow-up was, has she eaten anything yet since getting into in town? And she just joked, um, not too much, but I love French fries and I tried poutine. Oh. And she just simply said, that must be devil's food. So... <laughs> <laughs> She did also acknowledge once again, and uh, she did also acknowledge and acknowledge um, uh, that uh, Shitaya-san did sneak in to see the movie and uh, get in early to see the movie. Mm. And mm-hmm. she because Shitaya-san, she wanted to see the um, reactions. And mm-hmm. let's just say she was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, she enjoyed watching the mm-hmm. audience reaction or observing the audience reactions through the movie. I wonder what her reaction was to all the all those. Uh, otaku salivating over sakura's well no that was uh, you asakawa they body. said you asakawa came up behind uh, the fellow who does shiro in the recording booth because they were talking about how he should do the those certain types of scenes and basically said to him you should have done more it's like <laughs> you should have elevated the performance and he's like man really just shaking his head well okay but and one other point is one other point is um the guests of honor in general seemed pretty impressed with the cosplay Mm -hmm. they were they were impressed with the level of cosplay for this part of north america which i guess is always a that's definitely definitely there was out there they always are out there but of course in the bigger cons we'll see the next level uh next weekend of course Mm -hmm. so um and the other thing other i guess to point off is there were programs like they definitely had some video things that were intriguing, like Mecha Uday and um, Made in the Abyss finally coming to uh, yes, okay. a part of Canada, to say the least. And then uh, we probably won't have time for that. But uh, let's bring Kevin in here. And yes. remember, there was a let's, bit of a concert. Yeah. What about the concert? Because, um, yeah, we wa- okay, we watched Made in Abyss, liked it. Uh, we watched and that Mecha was Uday. happening, and that was happening the while time. the concert. Yes, Mecha Uday. Let's say this much: um, we should put a link. the The episode that they showed at the at the convention was up is now on YouTube, and it's going to only be up till the beginning of June. So you have a limited amount of time to watch. And it. I will say, and it's a dub and a sub, and it was a Kickstarter anime. And I have to say, I was impressed. With I thought what they did. They now they had just sent out the rewards. I guess the month before and stuff like that. It was interesting. You go through those comments and then it was a long run. I think it's like two or three years. It takes time just to get that 25 minutes. But I think as the sound director, same one that was doing yeah, the panel, son, yeah. he put out the thing that this is an episode one. This is like episode four. This is their promo vehicle to hopefully sell it to a committee or to get more of it made. And I could definitely see that effort in there because it definitely says, oh, I want to see more of this. Like with the action and the characters yeah, and, it was, and the I thought, humor. Yeah, there is, you know, I thought for something, for knowing that story, I was, I found it fascinating. And I, 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 and I certainly wasn't turned off by watching it. I, I enjoyed it. And they that. got an all-star cast too. They like, do have a good cast. So um, let's, I'll be curious to see how that goes. And maybe it's a, it's a sign of, t- of the times to crowdfunding for shows. Well, well just like them- everything, a lot of other things. Not as much. Like some of them have done, like Little Witch Academia did, but not as uh, under the dog did it but they haven't gotten as much traction on that too under the dog and this one mecha uday or two that were basically doing it we'll see how they do but they haven't got as much traction even though they were successful to over hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and the other one that got over a hundred thousand dollars i watched the two episodes yesterday but that one was a different one was um gracia phantom trigger the anime 
And so that one was interesting where they did it themselves, the guys that did Gracia before, and they did their own small studio, the director, and they were doing that. So it was self-funded, but then they did these campaigns for the physical stuff. So the only way to get the Blu-rays was to do the crowdfunding. So they did Kickstarter for international, and then they did a campfire. And now at the moment, we have these episodes on Steam. It was nice to see them. But we don't have anything on the physical because they still have to do an English dub, which I think was a mistake because Sentai did not do a dub for the other Gracia-like series mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that was a mistake. So it'll be interesting to see if they lose money or how they do it because you have the people on Kickstarter like, why isn't my stuff? Where is it going? And, they, and they're talking Kickstarter goes. And they're talking about because they've done other things and they've been way behind. But that's the normal thing that they go after the creators. But I'll see how it falls. We've got those two episodes up. I've enjoyed what I saw of Trigger, uh, Phantom Trigger. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. Hopefully, they'll be able to get the stuff done. The other interesting timbit from that for Phantom Trigger is like there's more things because there are more than two visual novels. So the third one, it's like one episode for one visual novel, episode of the visual novel. Mm-hmm. So the third episode, basically, they said, Oh, we're going to do another kicks. Well, not Kickstarter campaign. They said crowdfunding campaign. So whether they do it on campfire, like they did for the Japanese or Kickstarter and the thing, they said, we're going to use it to make the quality better. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that goes over considering they haven't delivered. You know what I mean? The physical stuff for, uh, the Kickstarter backers and stuff like that. I forget what they were doing on campfire. I think it was similar deals. You know, and that'll be another discussion for in the future. But it, that's the thing with the Kickstarter things and the crowdfunding. It's an interesting time, as they said. Yeah. Okay, be- so... Because you're beholden, right? Mm-hmm. Because people feel like they've given you their money. Well, so I now mean, they're a part of the I mean, uh, I saw equation, that, right? I saw that uh, discussion in the three years waiting for Kimigori Orange Road, the manga. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. let's... Yep. And now they have it uh, right for sale. Yeah. Okay. So there is one element that uh, I was curious about because um, we didn't get a chance. James myself, and myself didn't get a chance to see the concert. You did. But we Ken. did get a chance to see glow sticks. Oh, we, glow saw, stick we saw the, glow stick te- the latest in glow stick technology. Hmm. That was fun. We had a nice conversation and with over the, manager, with the guy yeah, selling with the those guy. things. Yeah, and like, it was you a, should have seen the free tiers and like how expensive they get. It's yes, they. Madness. but the thing oh, is yeah. they're reusable. And, I mean, this was fun. That you was can a, set the I light wish, strobing and how I, the patterns are done. I and, have to, yeah, they, these sticks can now sync up with the songs and light up yep, accordingly. Yes, yep. And that was really an interesting conversation. I have to get the link. Uh, I know we got his business card. So uh, remind me, I got to find that again. We'll put up, a, we'll try and put up a link. The guy, the guy who was selling, because obviously they're just a reseller here that based in Vancouver. They, yeah, they're, I guess, North American, they Canadian up, yeah, they distributor, got the, whatever they got you the want. North American, I guess they get the North American distribution rights. Really fascinating conversation we, uh, James and I had with them. But tell me about the concert, just a bit. Just because I know we're, we're, I know we've run over an hour, ten minutes, but um. So I, I so I ended up going to IFF that night just for the concert uh, on the Saturday. Yes. So when I, by the time I arrived, I got to the tail end of the set for uh, those two. They're those two Dojin. Uh, music artists uh, i think one was tam and then the other one was what's this and ryusei there you go so they're popular in the doujin circles so they've done music for i think they did do music for toho back in the day mm-hmm. mm. so 
they they played we, a pretty good set from what I've heard. And we heard, I, I, we were they were actually in the uh, dealers room as well. Yes, they yeah, also no, played yeah, a small set. Like, there was a Sunday. small set. We heard them in the lines. It kind of gave us yes. something to listen to while we were. We got to talk about those lineups just before we go again. Get so touch on that. I didn't get to hear too much of them, but I liked what I heard. Uh, next was uh, DJ Kazu, who is a he's an Anison DJ. Now. I don't know. I thought it was kind of underwhelming because I feel like other than his transitions, there was no difference between what I can listen to at home. And I don't know. I assume he you sounded so underwhelmed. You sound underwhelmed. <sighs> well, remember, he had to pay extra. You had to pay extra to I get to extra, the concert. Yeah. Well, let's be real. I only I paid mostly for Megumi Nakajima anyway. Because I went, because two of my other friends, they also only went to the concert because they wanted to see Megumi Nakajima as well. And how was that? How was the important part that you paid all the money for? Well, before I get there, I'll uh, talk about uh, who. Oh yeah, it was Konomi Suzuki that was that performed before Megumi Nakajima. So both of them did um, small sets. So I would say a, I'd wager about six to eight songs on average between the both of them. So. I wasn't very familiar with Konomi Suzuki stuff because I don't watch a lot of new anime anymore. But her most popular song would probably be the No Game No Life opening theme song. Uh, so they were very... It's pretty generic stuff, I won't lie. <laughs> like, it's very... like. It's so anime theme song-like. And that's like the... A lot of idols are like that now. So, you know, it was fun. Uh, she had no encore as mm -hmm. well. So she did her six to eight songs and then she, that you know, was that was it. Uh, Megumi Nakajima was last. She, I actually didn't know that she's done that many anime songs for other non-Macross anime. So she did around, <laughs> she did around six to eight songs too. So she sung for a few other things. So I, she sung all of those. Uh, she sung her two most popular, or actually, she sung one or two of her Macross songs. No carrot song though. I wanted the carrot song, and it didn't fucking happen. No encore, huh? No encore carrot. Actually, there was an encore. Uh, the encore. This was a real encore because so she ended up coming out. She admitted that she had no music for whatever she was going to do next. So we were screaming for her to sing Imo, which is the uh, it's that chant song that happens throughout Macross Frontier. So she sung that with no music. And, and the crowd went wild. Yeah, we, we were happy. Okay. We were, <laughs> we were quite happy. No, we, we, were, we were really happy because we were like, yeah, sing Imo, sing Imo. Sing I'm a Oh wow, you've blown the microphone. <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> and so she did and yeah, it was great. Like it was that was a really nice bonus because we were like, oh, I guess she's not singing Imo then and then she comes on like, oh, maybe she'll sing it after all. And so she did. Mm. And that was worth half of my admission alone. <laughs> well, worth it overall? Yeah, I guess so. Marginally, it sounds like. I guess. No, it like I got I got IMO, so it was fine. Yeah. If only you had bought a high class glow stick, then you just would have been into the full experience. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I my friend bought a glow stick and uh, which one? How the t- which tier? Um, no, he just he a normal was, glow stick. He's he's, a, he's in a normal tier, but he bought one. He bought one of the glow sticks actually, and then he didn't use it for more than half of the concert. And I said, dude, you. You paid like 40, 50 bucks for this. Thing. You, <laughs> you didn't even go for the hundred dollar one. Like, wait, wait a, like, I don't, I don't know how much it was, but it's a low mid tier. Low mid tier. And so yeah. I was like, okay, give it to me then. I'll use it if you're not going to use it. And, and the then... battery ran out. <laughs> well, no, he assaulted many people and then was dragged out. Yeah, so I was you, trying you know, to. You could club. You could club a platinum member. So I was. I was trying to like figure out how it worked, and he's like, "Give me it." And then so he finally like used it because of that. Because <laughs> I spent like five minutes trying to figure out like, okay, so how does this thing work now? Well, you're in a dark wow. room, right? So how are you supposed to? <laughs> no, I was just incompetent. I won't lie. So, <laughs> well, it sounded like you know, but it's not like I would have been curious too. I had fully admit it's just oh, so many things happening at the same time, and this to me like this is the big takeaway. I had with it with the with the convention um, key things I think people want to do happened all at the same time, and you had some tough choices to make. Miss out on a Q and A, miss out on an autograph line, probably miss out on even looking exploring the dealers' room and the dealers and artist alley area because well, I they admit, were kind of all oh they were all lumped blob. together yeah. and I don't think they saw too much in the way of traffic. I would have like I I, I like um one person who uh who did the uh, no, uh, the Nomi Noichi with me uh, two years ago at uh, the table next to me. She was there. I didn't know until after the fact she was there. <laughs> Would have wanted to go say hi. It'd been, two, it'd been a while. So, and this is my takeaway. Uh, for, this is my own, like, that's one of the big takeaways I have from this convention. Um, I, I, I'm glad they did it. I enjoyed it overall, but that doesn't mean there weren't issues. Well, I think the thing <laughs> takeaway was... You want to get certain things, you pay them the money. Show them the, the money. money. And, um, you know, you can, then you can uh, explore afterwards. And then if you, then, <laughs> yeah, get that golden platinum and then double dip in line. Uh, so. Well, then it's like normal people will just never me, get anywhere me, and then me, they lend, will be. Lend me, that, lend me that Globaton next time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, remember, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. That, that that's my takeaway. That's that's part of the start part of the discussion. And I know because um because um Squirrely was there. And I know they complained a bit about that. Mm-hmm. So um well, I know that was, were, it was part of the course they said they knew part, what they were getting into. Yeah. To be fair to them, right? And um but I'm glad they did it. It's now another thing that um, that'll be added to the to the, uh, the to the landscape. I, I presume here. Well, we'll see how it goes. Like I'd say, what they promote, they were definitely very successful at. It's just a matter: are they going to do it at the same time of year? Are they going to change it up? It's going to be interesting to see Where, because yeah, they're starting to expand because their base of? is really Vancouver, mm-hmm. and then it feels like they've went really quick because then they had this Osaka show and now they have this Toronto show. And you then, know what I mean? And, then they, and that takes money Vancouver. to get all that and together. Of course, there's Vancouver, mm-hmm. and of course there's Vancouver. Uh, so and that happens. Uh, that happens in, in the August. summer. Yeah. So that'll happen in early August. Um. So there's my ta- so that's the basic takeaway from the whole show. Uh, glad they did it. Hope it comes back. Hope they continues to come back. Hope they get a good time frame for it. 
Mm-hmm. Will it be in April? Will it be in June? Uh, June? I think because there, there's were, other, there were other odd takeaways. They're rumbling. I think, um, well, no, I was gonna say. Give me one. Give me one. Um, well, the pails were okay. It was interesting. And then, but the other thing was the video rooms, how they did is like most of them at a lot of the cons, I think they're moving away from the physical media as well. Like, well, yeah, Crunchyroll had a presence. It was Crunchyroll, but it looked like they were streaming. They were using a lot of the internet. Well, then, actually, Where, and even in the pail rooms. At the back, when they were doing uh, Pro ZD or whatever, well, I'm glad you and the other up. things, they were using. They had the guys at the back on the laptops, and they were beaming stuff to the front and doing stuff yes. like that, this, which you don't see as often at certain cons. You know what yes. I mean? Well, to be fair, I mean, even though they have the internet capabilities I mean, yeah, the, and stuff um, like that, but it takes a lot of coordination. The panels and the discussions kind of lacked, but that, maybe that wasn't the point for IFF at this mm-hmm. stage, anyway. But. Actually, I'm glad you brought up. But the there was a lot of integration in all of them, even though there wasn't as many. Yeah, there's only two panel rooms, two video rooms, and then that one big room, and then the other main room at the basement where they held the concert. And, but uh, okay, now that you brought up Crunchyroll. This brought up uh, had me thinking. Um, there wasn't really an internet connection in there. Was it a land? Did they bring a big? Did they bring a big hard drive full of stuff? It looked like they were I something. Because, I feel like it was. I'm not sure we it was were, a hard drive because that. it looked like they were going through. So I'm not sure if it was an offline or, thing. Or yeah, something I, I'm like that, thinking you know everything I mean? in that room was offline in some sort of in some sort of an offline mode. But they don't have an offline mode, to my knowledge. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Crunchyroll itself, themselves still don't have uh, offline viewing. So Which is an odd. I think this was like an internal program for the company, like just something they have. For uh, just strictly, they they would use strictly for things like this, mm-hmm. which seems odd because other companies are using and promoting it to their paying customers and stuff. Like, like having you think about modes? you know what? yeah uh, yeah you know what? I mean uh, that's still money. a big request. That's still a mm-hmm. big request, obviously for regular Crunchyroll viewers. I mean, I mean, I probably watch a li- get a chance to watch a little more if I could if I had that. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I haven't been watching as much. I probably got a Prime account for that, you know. Yeah, I, well, yeah. So. Uh, but uh, ultimately, and I guess to end it to end off our talk on IFF after almost an hour and a half, <laughs> or an hour, um, ultimately the conversation comes back to Anime North, and I, I know, I know, I know you what you said, uh, Kevin, earlier about Several anime conventions. Well, it's more of a case of okay, well, you know, what what does it, where does the Anime North sit in all of the uh, with all that's happened? Where is it set? The well, same place it's, it's always said. Yeah, I think it's just it, going to sit. And, and, it, and they don't have to but, really do anything because it's as they promote themselves, the biggest fan, was it, fan run convention? Yes. And Cantor fan, I don't know. Like, and that's the thing. They're just going to sit there and do It's basically for fans run by fans. That's what and basically they'll... And it's, it's just going to stay the same. Oh, do like... <sighs> Unless people stopped oh. coming, which I don't think is going to happen. But there is always that sense that Anime North has um, spun its wheels to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're still spinning. It's because for we for see TCAF and we see the manga guests and even with the connections and then we see this one and stuff like that. So it's like throw us a bone every few years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that- so, sorry, you, you finish, Mike. Well, I mean, they announced um, they announced uh, their uh, a couple Japanese guests. And that was the, the thing month. too. Like they announced them so late, and then you see other cons. They announced them a few months before. Like it feels 
early like they're preparing just like iff they announced them before so everyone knew to get there and you know what i mean do you how jungle was um announced uh just a month roughly a month out from anime north last year it feels like there's no because you want to promo and stuff like definitely they got they promoted the fake guest people came for the mm-hmm. fake guest you know what i mean yeah ritsuko um the voice actress behind ritsuko and I, her name escapes me right now yuriko mm-hmm. yamaguchi thank you mm-hmm. um she was announced in the last couple couple um weeks as the guest for anime north so mm-hmm. uh, i think that we know where the auto, uh, where one of the big autographs chases will happen you okay mo uh, a little tired Sorry. Yes, long day. long day. Well, I mean, you had to you had to haul this stuff from H Mart. So, um, <clears throat> hey, it's tough uh, drinking the Ramune. Oh yeah, you gotta get all that liquid uh, out and have the. Oh, she's Nico Robin from One Piece. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Robin will... and Ritsuko. Was it Ritsuko? Ritsuko, yeah. Ritsuko, so, and Robin go. are the big ones. So here for we go. Her. And we'll so talk, she's big time. We'll so. talk about that. Uh, let's talk. Well, when we preview Anime North in a bit. Uh, but yeah, that's there. But there's always that. Okay, what does this mean for Anime North? Or are they in trouble? And the but I always think, no, they're not. They have the core, and they'll always have the core. It's, and it's, it's it's a different type of vibe. It's as some people would say, it's an East Coast con where it's like you're getting together with your friends, you're hanging out, you have all these different panels and different discussions, and you can engage with different people. It's not. As much about the guests and commercialized, you know it's what I mean? It's about the gathering. Exactly. And they always had that from the beginning because remember, that's the stories like- about how like Bandai and a few of the others tried to come and go into the dealer's room and have the big dealer's room like they have at other cons in Anime North. They don't want that. And they said, you can come to our dealer's room, you can do whatever, but it's like all in moderation. You know what I mean? Hmm. It, it, it's just that, is that the di- is that where it should stay? That's I guess I and I, I don't guess think I don't the think they marks. have to worry. They're, they're no, I don't. Still, they, I, I because of the, where they are. Like if, or for example, they ex- moved, for example, to a place, for example, like to the convention center, well, something like that. Then you would have to do like some serious thinking because of costs and all that stuff. And that's why they said they've always stayed at well, the Congress Center this, in that area. And but stuff that's like part that. of the, mm-hmm. another discussion we've had in pa- in the past about. What what the what Anime North means to the that actual area in Etobicoke in Toronto? Mm-hmm. It's a th- like Anime it's the and biggest is, draw for those restaurants. For those it's restaurants, a big, it's, it's like the it's, Super Bowl for them the because black, they get all the black that weekend. Money. It's the black weekend for for the for the for the restaurants and hotels in that area. Like this is this will be the determining factor for their profitability. In the I, year. I remember every year Harvey's had that with the free burger day. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, well, I have the it coupons. It always comes back I, I to do, free burger day. I do have the coupons, but I'm not sure if they're going to accept the coupons. I heard they, they don't. They, did. they I, don't. They did. They didn't last year. I thought I heard rumors they did. They didn't during the week. I know. I, I know. In past years. They, they didn't take the coupons there that no weekend. Such sign. Because why would they? Yeah. It's nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I'm the owner, I wouldn't fucking take coupons because I'm going to get money anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just I saying take your my take is, well, you know, Anime North, the reason Free Burger Day disappeared. <laughs> but um, it's like like the word we uh, and this is our this is, I guess is our take a shot word for the episode icon. <laughs> um so icon but that's the word I, I we used that word in in our initial discussion about this anime north is now an icon of of the convention of the convention circuit for better and once but, again a better uh, for better or worse but i don't think they care that they're icons they yeah. just want to okay 
It was Utarpa that started AN, right? Back it was, then. It was, it was the, well, it certainly had a... Like, that, that whole old guard that runs AN is... They're all Utarpa, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, these are people in their, like, 40s and 50s and 60s. Hey, that's my range. So, um... So, do they do they care about watching? Do they still watch anime? Who knows? Do they watch new stuff? Who short knows? answer is we're talking a large group, and chances are there's something in there. So are they going to be they, at so, Simcoe Place buying a falafel? I don't know. So do they do they necessarily care that you know that they do they necessarily care about getting big guests and being like a huge con? No, I don't get the impression that they do, which is. Not a not necessarily a bad thing, but I think people who complain why Anime North doesn't get the kinds of guests that IFF gets, I think they need to realize that's there's a there's some reasons behind that. Like it's all about motivation in the end. And what was it? Is I, I so I don't know if IFF is uh, for profit or not. It is. It is for it profit. Is. See, and it's more cultural, I think. Because I hear conflicting things about whether or not it's non-profit or for-profit i always assumed it was for-profit and, I, and I, i've been given no indication that it isn't that way so. it's the way you see everything and if you go to the website I mean, it's definitely a for-profit enterprise so because on their first year and when they started anime revolution like three or four years ago they already I, were getting big guests but i think iff isn't uh, associated with anime revolution i think it I think no it, it is. is it is it, it is it's, it's all the it's, it's all the same, same. I, thought, I thought there was like anime revolution and then there was and they started in was that the one that no. started in burnaby bc or is that another one i know that they're first evolution you're thinking evolution why is it uh, which is long, which these is are gone. so similar evolution was the one that was in sfu for years, and yeah. that's gone. Okay, so oh, is that, that gone now? But gone. All I have to say is that messes with my bloody mind because but the it, names yeah, are Revo, so similar. That's so, why. But, but Revo is the same people. So if I'm to believe okay. what I've heard, and it's at the convention, Revolution right? was started by this one guy with that has fuck tons of money who wanted to have wanted to like have events like this going on. So. There's also the fact that there's money going into this event. The, the whoever is organizing this is willing to put down the money and build the connections and bring the kinds of guests that fans want because it brings in money. Mm-hmm. That's what it ultimately boils down to in the end. I don't think I don't think the top brass at AN necessarily cares. They don't care that because they, they're they're a nonprofit. No one makes money at AN. No one gets paid at AN, to my knowledge. No, all it goes to charity. It's yeah, all, so yeah, it is. Yeah, so where's it has so where's the certain. incentive in that? There is none. They're happy where they're at. Yeah, and they get the crowds. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. yeah. So I think we're hitting to a point where we shouldn't expect AN to bring these kinds of guests anymore because now we can rely. On so Mr. Moneybags should, uh, and I and the people that behind Anime Revo and IFF to so facilitate you put their foot to the fire, so to speak. Well, so, yeah, so. and I don't think so. Uh, so I don't think they'll. So, but you don't think. Bottom line is, you don't think um, Anime North will feel any heat from this. I don't. No one. And will. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't but. think so in that sense. I, I think. I but think it's still food for thought. It you is have to think about. You wonder. You, you do wonder if if something will. Uh, what what what? How the dynamic will be between these two? Furthermore. You need staff who who at, who are willing to do like you have to build the connections no matter what. 
you need to find staff who are willing to put in hours of their time and not get paid to bring in if they want if to bring in guests that they want because because what our two Japanese voice actors they're from the same two agencies that we've been pulling guests We're for for years. We're talking AN, right? We're yeah, back back to mm-hmm. AN. So whoever is whoever arranges that clearly has that relationship with that agency. That's why we're pulling in all these idol master and like Vocaloid voice actors. So you need to find staff that are willing to that are care enough and are willing to just put in their time to do it for free, which is not realistic. Well, it's a lot of work. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For for what? No, for no recognition and no pay. Certainly not. Certainly not the pay. Recogn- mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it is. Uh, I mean, we've talked about Anime North being uh, like centralized in some way, decentralized in another. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it, it can mm-hmm. be uh, admittedly at times frustrating because we tried to have people on uh, to come on the show and, and talk pe- about and people to hype even up the show to hype up the convention and. And I've spoken to friends who have been formerly staff at AN, running different departments, and are jaded now because they feel like their voices aren't being heard when, when it comes, whether it's guests or whether it's running certain th- events the way that they should be run, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This is a long dis- the longer discussion, and we've gone a, a good hour and a half on this. But I think uh, it's a debate that we will continue, and probably during Anime North, certainly after it. Mm. Um, but let's uh, close that for now, because it is once again it is food for thought, and you know I think it's just well, it's nice to have the selection, and I hope IFF sticks around because that was that for better or worse, once again another I guess and another there's show, still other selection another shot. because we have TCAF as well. Yeah, so. but I think I think it's nice it's nice that uh, I like going uh, the other name key name I guess we should bring up is Fan Expo, and there's very much a vacuum like. I think IFF certainly has filled the vacuum that um, was left when Fan Expo all has all, all uh, had all but abandoned their anime programming. Yeah, they do have it, but it's just it's a shell. It's, it's a shell. It's, it's not even a shell. Progr- it's just no, a really, dead. Really, what programming? <laughs> but I think they don't do the, the the game shows. They don't do anymore. I think they actually brought it back last year, but it's from some weird outfit in Florida, and they go to different cons, mm-hmm. and it's very bizarre. But so you're not asking Evan to do it anymore? I guess so, yeah. Evan, really? And Evan because was the no, guy who, took all, who succeeded all of us from doing all yeah, this Yeah, because shows. we kept on passing the baton. Because and- it got to the point that the game shows were the only reason why I was going to... And? A- or- no, to yeah, no, we, Yeah, we got some pretty darn good crowds, I thought. Like, we for what it was and for the crowds that started coming, I'm, I, I'm surprised we had many loyal people coming. That's how I got to know oh, you the guys. Line. Huh? That's how I got to know you guys. Well, mm-hmm. it's because, yeah, because we were the original producers of the game shows at, at, fan, at, um, at the anime fair. Portions. Yep. So I was it's a, I was the first host of Name That Tune Name at that uh, tune. at uh, CN Anime. I miss slaying Name That Tune. Good times. I miss I miss playing Ben Stein in, in those type <laughs> of games. 
which I did one night uh, in during a Yama show. <laughs> okay, so let's um, take a break. We'll discuss what we want to talk about next. Do we want to talk to TCAF or do you want to save that discussion for another time? Because we, we do have... a quick a quick one. Yeah, right now and stuff. It, no, wait, let's take the break first. We and can, then we'll I don't talk think it'll about take it. that long. And then give us yeah, James, uh, Kevin. I'm going to put you guys on the spot over TCAF. I'll figure out something to put you on the spot over <laughs> too, Mohammed. Okay. Okay. Back in a second. It's the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. And the podcast now continues on this Friday evening. Uh, what is it? May 17th, 2019. Raptors are still sucking tonight, although they've gotten a little closer. It's under 20. We didn't <laughs> win the Zion lottery. We failed from the beginning. Yes, we did. Well, so, 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 so apparently so, ha- so since uh, the thir- fourth quarter, game one. Uh, Nicholas Austin, Nicholas Austin, Shamarki, ing and around the table. Um, I tell you, uh, I thought it was audience, uh, Nicholas Nicholas. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> in front of a live, in front of a live audience. Well, there's nobody. Uh, once again, we're uh, not in front of a live audience. Uh, online via the Six Talk Podcast Network official podcast, Anime North. But we'll see for how long. <laughs> we'll see for how much longer. Okay, so um, second segment. We we did go overtime on this IFF. Lots on the mind. Over the last two months, we haven't done an episode. But, I guess it's because, as we said, it's been convention season, so a uh, lot yeah, to we look are, at, right? We're in a very, as I said, we're in a very interesting Busy period. season, right? We're in Busy a very season. interesting period for Toronto anime fandom, right? We are in a very interesting... Although I found out... And the of, IFF was kind of just, oh, it happened. We thought, well, we'll oh, go well, and see yes. what happens, On right? that note, uh, somebody confirmed this for me. The So the Maid Cafe for Uncle Tetsu's is long gone. I heard it's just a regular cafe now, or just a walk-in or oh really i heard but i i, I heard don't walk by there so i don't know okay because i haven't I've, been there in a while but i'm I just assuming heard, it's like all their others it's just, where a, it's just a normal location it's just because a normal it makes sense because they've built their brand people go there for yeah. the yes and, and i usually stop at sujuri and i don't go past that yeah well the thing yeah. is i've heard um because i think some people just squat there and like really just would go for the maids just buy something light and stay for probably longer than they should <laughs> so uh that ended that but it's still but there's something uh uh tetsu like going on okay so um we've used a lot of time on iff we we as i said we've um we talked just, quite a bit we just used a lot of time period <laughs> well okay so tcaf happened i didn't go to it but you but james kevin you you did give me a sense of it just uh, and let's get let's keep this and I know this will be a monumental task. Let's keep this to 10 15 minutes. So I didn't get my autograph for, for Junji Ito. <laughs> you were you were you were man That's enough it. you didn't. That's it. Well, That's all I got to say. Uh, give me your all, we, all we can say is it's a free event. People have been coming into it for the last few years since it's been yearly in the young bluer corridor and they've definitely grown and as uh, Kevin said he was lucky enough to go in with me, even though I got um, through the Eventbrite to go to the live drawing with Junji Ito at um, the historic um, Masonic Temple. And I think they said over 200 people, and that was their biggest panel and event ever for them. You're talking about the live drawing on yeah, Saturday, Yeah, the live right? drawing, yes. I and almost did make was, it in. And the guy that was there that was looking at our line that had the tickets, we were joking, and then I said... He's like, I've never seen a line this big because we're going down Davenport basically in front of like a couple of the apartment buildings and people were pissed 
Because we're like blocking <laughs> their apartment entrances. They're like, what the fuck? And they, some of the explanations to these people just made me want to laugh. It's like, we're here to see this guy that came from Japan that likes to draw and blah, blah, blah. I did a couple of those, actually. I had people who were in their cars asking me, like, what are you guys lining up for? And I had to tell them, yeah, I was a Japanese comic artist coming Should in. Should have told them the truth. Free weed. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> that would have been fun, actually. Well. <laughs> worthwhile again right i mean this is well it was a tale of the lines again because this uh, is, kevin I... um basically was there for saturday we tried our best <sighs> but we failed at getting Jinji ito now i was even more hardcore than uh, kevin because i decided i would go there from this a go station reason... and i went at six twenty, and i had to take a bus because they don't do trains and i figured okay that's okay i'll be at the very end but i might just squeeze in not even close. Then on this Friday, uh, sorry, the Sunday, I said, I'll be even crazier and I'll go on the very, very first thing out of the ghost station, which again was a bus at 520 in the morning. No sun is up yet again, but I did not even make it close again. But were you 200 or 300? I was what remember only 100 uh, signatures and they yeah, were so. very firm on the 100. <laughs> so we were probably 110. 120 oh, it comes right in front of your chest <laughs> but we did for the saturday 99 100 i think they felt bad though so on the fr- on the fr- sunday on the sunday they felt bad that they had done some uh signatures with ito on the friday obviously oh we really first, yeah that's why i'm selling this book because this one's non-autographed the other one i have at home they did these pre-autographs. So I do have an autograph, one of Frankenstein, and basically what was picture from the manga, his signature, which he does do the spiral thing, and then a date. Wait, so James, so you went to so the I Friday get- you went to the Friday event. No, 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 not Friday. I'm saying Sunday. So you went to the Sunday of there was a Sunday event? Other no, than the that was the thing? signing. That was the oh. sign, remember? So so just clarify this for me. So how did you get a pre-autographed? Because well, I was still in the fucking line and they knew and they told people, they said, you know, you guys aren't going to be able to go to the mean greet to the um, get the autograph. Right. OK. And so they obviously people were like steaming because they still had hope. They thought, OK, maybe he'll just do a few more, mm-hmm. but they weren't going to they weren't going to let that fly. But they said, well, we know we can't do that, but we have these pre-autographed books. So if you want, you can come in and buy these pre-autographed books. So. We didn't get. We got to be in the same room of, as him at the Masonic Temple, but that's about it. So they had these books the whole time, and they were selling them the whole time. No, 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 no. I think this was the first time they were selling them because I know at previous TCAFs for different creators, they've gotten them to sign their books or certain things, and then they sell them at Panel and Page, which is the official TCAF yeah. store at the library. See if and I so, knew if I knew that was there. So I would have I'm not one. sure. I'm not sure if they're gonna. Well, they only did it then because they knew they had steaming people that knew they weren't gonna get an autograph. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not sure how many more of these they would have. They must have a few more, but probably not as many because they had to sell a lot to appease people on the Sunday. You know what I mean? That couldn't get in. How much were they charging? Just cover price. That's fair. So it was just That's Canadian cover price, pretty no good. tax. Because if I if I knew that was there on the Sunday, I would have bought the book and I would have just been satisfied I, uh, watching the live drawing. Yep. 
And they also had the Friday event, which hopefully they said it was taped. It'll probably go on YouTube. It had some interesting stuff in it. They talked about Silent Hills and stuff like that. Yeah, my friend, I had another friend that went to the Friday event and Mm -hmm. she was like live, not live Instagramming, but through Instagram stories, she would post the little snippets of uh, what he said. That was pretty interesting. And there was a Twitter transcript. From someone else too, mm-hmm. so there was definitely some interesting stuff. I didn't see if there was maybe anything was, like that. Maybe it was Deb Oki that did that. Yeah, Deb Oki might have done that. I'm yeah. not sure. They probably did something for the live drawing too. The live drawing, they did take questions, but how they did because it's 200 people and it's craziness. They did it through Twitter, of course. Yeah. So yeah. we tweeted yeah. at Chris Butcher, and Chris Butcher tried his best, but he almost scared the heck out of the audience because his mic just went flailing, like the sound <laughs> just boom. So they had to get him a new mic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because of that autograph line, I missed some decent panels. Actually, once again, this there sounds, were like, this sounds like had, a familiar story. But they had uh, another creator, a Yuri creator, and it was her first time yes. in North America as well. And she was from published in Seven Seas, Casa N. And that one would have been an interesting one to go to because they had Erica Freeman, who's well known in North America for her. Um, yeah, my uh, for her histo- uh, history of Yuri in North America. And so she did a panel called uh, "100 Years of Yuri," mm-hmm. and and she's been doing that for the past year and stuff. And like that, so because it's actually the 100, mm-hmm. it's been around for 100 years now. And mm-hmm. I missed that panel because we were waiting in vain to see if we were going to get lucky for the autograph on Saturday. <laughs> well, it was weird. They we went down because some people got like that one board with yeah. the thing and then me and you tried to go to, well you didn't but I went I didn't and then they the said end. I the last guy behind us was able to get one and then they're like fuck no you're not getting one I was like oh well that's the way it goes but it was what it was TCAF is definitely growing very fast and they the thing that still amazes is that it's totally free Everything is free. It's all donation-based. The Toronto Library gives space and time. A lot of the consulates, Japan Foundation, so like French consulate, Italian consulate, uh, Viz, because so they get a lot of... And it's interesting that they've been able to keep it up because at some point, people are like, when are they going to start charging a fee or something like that? But they haven't went that route. Not yet. And it's interesting that I've talked... They get a lot of global presence. So a lot of people came from around North America and the world... Because they get these special guests like Ito and so on and so forth. Well, what? Peter clearly finds ways to subsidize the event. I think it's Chris's baby, remember? It's oh, like, it's the whole, it's the yeah, beguiling group. Let's be yeah. like, that's why I say Peter, because it's the, it's the whole well, beguiling but, crew in the end. Peter is basically the backer, but yeah. Chris is the genesis behind it because they were going up, I forget from which convention and... He's like, we can do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like, it's it's pretty much Chris and Miles' baby at this point. It's, and then they've got the, sorry, they've got the cachet and stuff like that because I've talked to different people and they said it's even more impressive than an event of similar size and similar ideology would be the Small Press Expo, I believe they call it. And I think that's near Washington, D.C. And that's basically the comparable. Yeah, because basically it's comics as art, and it's something you don't know. It's not comics as sewer. It's it's a very indie type thing. And the other panel we didn't get to see that was at the Japan Foundation that was interesting was um, 
it was these ladies that they brought from, I guess they were from either Akiba or wherever, but it was indie Japanese manga. Yes. They were talking about, and that would have been interesting, but it's not the manga we're used to. And I've, yes. I've done, I've read some manga. It's, stuff a, like, it's an artsy thing. It's yeah, uh, similar artsy. to the one I showed you. So was, those were, those two women were uh, Eriko Obayashi and uh, Ayumi Nakayama. So one of them owns a bookstore and another one is from a small press. Mm-hmm. publication and i did take a look at their tale there's some interesting stuff on that tale. i didn't notice because they had the crowd in front of them but it was an interesting thing of stuff in, at their table so that so i actually ditched the ito drawing session part way to actually pop into their panel and uh yeah pretty interesting actually and it was deb aoki was doing the moderation for that one so that must have been an interesting discussion yeah i kind of felt bad for her because uh i noticed her because the Ito sign, the Ito drawing session started like forty minutes late, mm. and so so there wasn't as many there. I'm guessing so she had to leave. Like she had, I noticed that she was leaving because clearly she had to go moderate a panel. So I was like, oh man, that kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> felt bad for her, but because uh, I imagine she would have wanted to see that. But yeah, there was definitely like a lot packed in for all the different stuff, and yeah, they have different events. Like they've taken Cumberland. I wonder how long they'll do the Zine uh, Cumberland Terrence or Zine Terrence type thing because I saw in the thing that they're developing that. Of course they would because mm-hmm. that's like you think Yorkdale and all that it's all upscale, and then you have this just not so upscale thing in behind there. That well, that bar. No, no, no. The Cumberland Terrace, remember? It's in behind there. And they're using that for the zine part oh, of the teacup. Oh, okay. It's like now, that. Now I know what you're talking. I, th- I thought you were but, talking about the tavern. That's no, like, no, no, no. The street. tavern. But the, it's right across from the tavern. You can look into it and stuff like that. Because I don't know how they survive, but people are in there. Well, shop owners. And the other thing I got, remember you were with me when I went to Hollow Press. So... They had sold out a volume one. That's why they didn't have it when mm-hmm. I went and checked on their website. So I actually finished it off because up to four was how much that they did of um, Shintaro Kago's Day of the Flying Head. And so Hollow Price is interesting because they make them in Italy, but they edit and do them from there. And then Kago just can do whatever he wants. And mm-hmm. the other thing is they have print runs. So I think this one is volume um, two had 800 copies. I think volume four had the lowest. It was like 600 copies. So it's kind of crazy how low the print runs are. Like it's very indie and stuff like that for an artist Mm -hmm. and for them and a collaboration, an international collaboration because they did two other books. So it's those type of things are interesting to find at this type of event. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and just to kind of go back, this is not real. This is more of an artsy thing, not a fan thing. I know I read the, that. Now they talk about it. Yeah, they talk about really that. Discouraged. In the, well, it's not discouraged. It's it's just kind of like they say of... that you can put away the costume, but if it's like your friends that were with us while we were weighing the one thing, it was kind of oh, costume esque. It's well, costume esque. They're just dressed whatever. up in Gothic Lolita. No, I, I you know what I mean I'm just saying costume esque. I'm not saying cosplay. Yeah. I'm saying costume esque or different. But it fits into the mold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just not that kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it does. It just sounds like a very different vibe. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see it. Well, they have it the every point. year, so yes. I don't think you're going to miss. It just depends on what guess, they get because they've definitely been getting the guests and stuff like that. I and think, since Chris has a part of Viz now, it's like they've been getting these Viz guests and they've definitely 
up their game. I'm not sure who they're going to get because they've been doing the same thing we talked about before with IFF, using it as a promo vehicle. So last year, it was Asano. Inio Asano, of, yes. Yep, because of Dede Day. And this year it was Kago because he had um, or, no, a graphic novel come out. I think it was, sh- no, Splinter, Shiver? No, not Shiver. Yeah, anyway. Ito, yeah, it was, I think no, it was Smash. It was Smash, yeah. Ito so released, Smash came his out release last smashed, month. Yes. So that's what they were using as the promo vehicle on top of the fact that he has so many different mm-hmm. um, books out. But I think the thing I'll just, last thought, is that I'm amazed it got to where it was that I'm waiting to get a signature in failure because his manga in the late 90s, early aughts was so hard to bloody sell. Like comics one tried to do it. Then Dark Horse tried to do it. None of them could Viz, get done. Viz, Viz tried some... to, but yeah, Viz got Gyro and Spiral. Yeah, they bought and they tried and it didn't Gyo, do, yes. And it didn't do as well for them either. But then they and eventually then, re-released it. Well, that was the key thing is that they went for this more upscale, the hardcover and stuff like that at the beginning of this decade, and it was more interspurred and like maybe one a year if you were yeah, lucky. Yeah, because they But they, they put them. it as a premium and they went for a different crowd. But Definitely they, a more highbrow crowd, not your usual manga but crowd. But they you know re-released I mean? Uzumaki, because like, they unflipped Gyo and Uzumaki, but that was but like... But they released it in the premium, as I said. It was like, I think it had the French flaps. Mm-hmm. Like, because they this is when they re-released them as singles, mm-hmm. still, and I think it had the French flap. So, like with like Doro Hedero or like mm-hmm. or the Natsume Ono stuff is released like that too. Mm-hmm. So, but then yeah, it just seems like in the last three or four or five years, all of a sudden, like this, he became super popular. So I just find it fascinating how that turned out. I think it was similar to like um, Kago's art and stuff like that. When I look at that, were it. It goes to that type of person that it's not just manga art or comic art. It mm-hmm. could just appreciate as art and it's more spectacle and stuff like that. Like Kago did a showing. I could have seen Junji Ito do something similar, like a gallery showing just like Kago did two years would, ago. I don't know who they would bring at this point because... Like, like what surprise you, I suppose. Like they, they've gone the shoujo route because... They've they done brought, Vertical they, and Viz and who knows. Well, I don't think... Vertical guests are going to come anymore because Ed Chavez is not mm-hmm. involved. With and the reason anymore. Seven Seas, the way that happened is her stuff was originally in ShogakuCon. So remember, Viz is owned by ShogakuCon Shueisha. Yes. So you can get stuff from other people because they have been letting other things like Dark Horse and Seven Seas get some of their mangas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So some of it is coming out because Viz can't release at all. It's just impossible. Yeah, they finally relaxed on their stance on that. Hmm. Yeah, at least we get, as we get a better sense of the uh, of the publishing side of the, the uh, book side, because Natsume Ono came, and then they can go the kids route because Akira Himekawa came, the the two ladies that drew that draw the Zelda comics. Yeah, they definitely had like a program for kids and a program for all ages, so it's a really great one. So to the go next to. logical step is to finally bring a Shonen Jump artist, Chris. Dare to, you can do this. Dare to dream, dude. I, I hate to tell you, that I think uh, there is San Diego a- Comic-Con and Anime Expo have that unlocked. So. Oh, like, it doesn't need to be, like, it doesn't need to be Tite Kubo or or Kohei Horikoshi. It came, <laughs> well, I think, I think we can get oh, Tite Kubo. I oh. think we can get him. <laughs> it's like, it'll be like, no problem. You know, it's like, me, and we'll actually get an autograph no, because me, he's okay, not. As- no, get me... Um, <laughs> 
get me the Food Wars creators, and then I can get my porn work signed. <laughs> what about wow. uh, what's wow. his name that got uh, his manga? What was it that it's food and stuff like that? Really, he hunts the food or whatever. Oh, Toriko, Toriko, yeah, get that creator, that and then criminal? you can see how yeah. that goes. <laughs> that criminal, okay. <laughs> I'm actually rereading Toriko on the Shonen Jump app because I missed a lot of those chapters. And now you look at completely different, huh? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's a thought. Way to go, 20 minutes. Okay. I would, actually, I would love for Tite Kuba to come. Like, no matter how shitty Bleach became in the end, it is still my sentimental favorite. I, that- think, I think Kevin can do it. He's going to get that guest for Anime North 2021 <laughs> the quest starts now yeah right Kiss i wish okay <laughs> i wish you just build the relationship although apparently well there was always that oh, do, there was always that rumor i heard that chris talked to people and saying hey if you want manga guests let me know but well, then nothing came of it obviously okay well as they Give say speculation gotta, speculation, gotta, speculation. Gotta yeah well let's move forward Okay, but uh, it just sounds interesting. And maybe if nothing else, I'd like to visit it in the future when I'm not sick, just to, uh, to so- certainly soak in this feel because it does sound like a very different vibe. And, and then, it's free, so hey. well, that's, and that's free. Too, and that too. Okay, let's move forward. Um, uh, before we uh, go, before we uh, end this segment, a couple bullets. Um, Crunchyroll news. So we've gotten a little bit more. Crunchyroll's gotten old school. Today, on the topic of sentimental favorites, for me, Kimmer Orange Road. Yep. I found a week of discotheque. I'm going to tell you, yeah, it's the week of discotheque. We wish we could talk to it with with, uh, Mike Toole. He'll be be coming to Anime North at length about this. But it was weird. (sighs) Like, they had some stuff, and then they went to weird sites. And then this week, it feels like a lot of the catalogs come back. But Core was one I don't think anyone would have expected. Because it was Netflix Japan, obviously it wouldn't be Netflix in the other regions, but it, it would have been interesting to see that contract for streaming. You know what I mean? Because I, I would, I don't know, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a guarantee that you'd be able to do it. You know what I mean? Even though it's an older show. Yeah. Well, you mean get, uh, do what? Like, well, given Netflix, you know what I mean. Even though it was just Japan, sometimes they have more stringent uh, contracts and stuff like that. And because how, they want so more of a worldwide thing. You know what ask, I mean? Yeah, I think you're asking like, and because, how the hell did Crunchyroll get away with it? And well, no, it's because Discotech and whatever. So it was on Discotech side because they're the one who have the streaming contract. Oh, well, on top of yeah, I suppose it's something like that. And they and and aren't they the ones that kind mm-hmm. of did the war, the rest or helped out with the restoration work in some form or something? Or uh, no, because they the, that was all from Netflix. the Netflix Japan. So that's why I'm saying that I'm not sure how Netflix Japan and the committee, but. How the they're, hell? they're the ones that got that restoration. They did the HD. But because the you could did... only do the HD through Netflix Japan. So that would have thought, okay, maybe they'll just do it through Netflix or it'll be limited. You know what I mean, Mike? Uh, maybe. But they're using that on yes. the Blu-rays, which we've talked about. Uh, which I got. And, I and, got I'm, my not, and I'm not sure about the credit draw. I haven't seen the stream, well, so here. I'm not sure about well, the quality. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this much. I'm going to tell you one shock because, um, yes, I've added it to my queue. I try and play I it. I did uh, add it I'm well. sure you saw what happened then. Oh, no. You try, no. And hit, you try and hit the play button, and I get this error. I don't have, uh, you don't have permission to do this, quote unquote. This is, on, this is on the iOS version. I'm able to watch it, though. Uh, remember when we had this discussion about... Uh, oh, so you can watch on the other ones, but not on that because it may be uh, considered, I guess, risque? I don't know. Well, you can well, always use that, like... Well, remember that, when we... Remember, there's, like, some API or whatever where you can it, hack Crunchyroll so you can play without the ads on your phone. 
Well, it's it's. Remember when a couple months ago, which when I we don't use, by the way, talked about not being able to watch School Days on an iOS copy. Oh yeah, iOS, um, <laughs> and Sentai had the same thing with High Dive and stuff like that, and they've mm-hmm. done some upgrades and stuff like that and with. But you can content, but yeah. you still can't watch certain things because I guess uh, they feel devices. Yeah, because they're like, oh, these are cartoons. I mean, we can't be that aggressive. Once again, we talk about it comes down to like if we're going to talk about risque items. Remember, we're talking the impression of Ayokawa herself. But um, I guess it was risque because you did show us uh, core after hours, Mike, when we originally did it. Well, back in the club days, (laughs) Um, it's like it it caught my attention again. I Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do that, and then we were able to. You know, but I was able to watch it on the um, computer. I, I I do need to see side and by on side. the uh, TV and stuff like well, that. Well, no, the yeah. problem is I'm throwing for I'm throw I'm throwing. Oh it from yeah, this for device, that one, yeah, you're throwing to. for that. But I'm yeah, throwing... for me it probably would be fine for the uh, console apps and stuff like that. I'm sure because they've never had issues. Well, yeah, for console apps, mm-hmm. but anything uh, like I know I Apple I, related TV yeah, OS yeah. and iOS, Apple Apple um Apple uh, operating systems probably it would be problematic. Yep, not family friendly. On the topic of uh, so, uh, on the topic of something to watch, this is where um, Muhammad was sitting in the corner lounging. Um, we Muhammad and Why I. Why would bef- you say that? He's a part of the family, yes. Mike. You can't. Well, here's the thing. Um, like this was a shock to me that to know that actually Fruits Basket is appearing on Crunchyroll. I thought this was supposed to be the linchpin of um, the separation. I thought uh, we talked to you about this, Mike, and saying that. This was one of the surprises of the thing that the season that Crunchyroll was able, like it was TV Tokyo, I guess, is the one or TMS or whatever that was doing it for licensing. And they made a big deal for Funimation, all that stuff, because they have the history and stuff like that. But it seems a lot of stuff, not all of Funimation stuff, some of it has made it over to Crunchyroll because of the actual licensors. Because if you look at what the under the licensor section, it is in Funimation. It's like whatever Japanese production committee is the one so doing the really, license to North this, America. This you know what I mean? So this would really, so its appearance would probably have nothing to do with it. It's basically about putting out a big net and trying to get as many people as you can. You know what I mean? And I, I think, guess streaming is more of the future so, they're seeing for that because we so they keep held on it, hearing about so they held physical it them, media dying. So they held it for themselves, essentially. Mm-hmm. The Japanese uh, licensors. Yeah, so they have a prime, maybe more control than we would think so that they can get it out and to other things. they were like, allowed to put that on. And it's like, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. Look at Anaplex. They do a wide net for a lot of things and throw it to as many as they can. And that's through Anaplex, uh, Japan, and USA. You know what I mean? Since mm-hmm. they're the same thing. And they, st- and they can play a bunch of services. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we talked about this. Wa- and we can bring Mohammed back in so I can turn up his mic. Um, <laughs> We watched the first episode, and I want to like, and I I couldn't help but think quite a bit about the original series. Was that the first time you had seen uh, the new series, there, Mo? Uh, second time, second time watching it. Um, yeah. So how far are you in it? Two episodes. Two I will, episodes. and I finished the first episode. So I, I so I, I contrast this with my memories of the very first episode of the original anime. I think there's definitely a good mix. There's, I'd say of of like, both and stuff that like that because we know the creator was very much involved in this version and stuff like yes, that because so of her dislike of the first. What was it that she disliked? Because I because I, I it does have a like in some ways yes it's an almost verbatim shot for shot shot for shot t- feel. At times it has a different vibe. It does. Mm-hmm. So what, So where did we where did what what happened here? Like recap for me. 
Where did where did the schism start to happen between the the creator and the anime director? Or what is it over? Because I mean, it's I mean, here I am, all these years later. So I'm trying to understand it a little more now. Now that I've seen at least this first episode. I guess for, for what fruits basket fruits basket the the, the remake. Remember the schism between the creator and her dislike oh, of the yeah. first series and stuff like. Like somebody explain this to me a little so, bit. So Kevin like, will give you a good we, uh, Cole's like, notes here. Give me a Cole's was notes. Was it Nabe Shin who directed Fruits no, Basket? No, no, it was. Um, I forgot who directed, but yeah, the, uh, the way Dice it was. Gay, I forgot now. But, but especially um, given where it headed and stuff like that, I don't think it would make friends with the creator with how it went. And then you had the issue of, I guess, they changed some of the characters just a bit. Oh, with how they it was did. Akitaro uh, Daichi, Daichi, who yeah. I, didn't he? I think he directed Kodocha as well. Ah, and I it, think I'm gonna look through this right now. I'm on my computer too. Thank you. And uh, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. And yep. Kodocha was his was something he was involved in back in the day. That sadly no one cared about here. Well, they gave the on was, all those hammers. The manga. <laughs> Remember the, manga, the hammers? The manga was great. Maybe I'll, maybe that's a future a future Nomanoichi. We'll talk about this. I remember later. Adam bitching about no about no second half of Kadocha way back when. <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is, and I, now I can start to see some of that feel. That looking back on it uh, from the original series, and I guess it was what. So where did um where did uh where did Takaya and Daichi start to disagree? Well, I don't like, or, I don't know the intimate details. Just a, just a general thought. So, if I'm not mistaken. She didn't like how he directed the show because the vibe was not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And the production committee liked Akitaro Daichi. They saw no problem. This is just like offhand knowledge, second storytelling stuff. This is just stuff I've heard. But pretty much, more or less, they didn't see eye to eye. So... Like, I that's mean, why I mean artistic disagreements happen all the time, and that's why with this new with this new uh, production before it would even go into production, she nobody, wanted full control yeah. before she would greenlight she anything. Wanted, but she, she didn't wanted, want to yes. be effed over like the last time, where yes. once it's in the queue, right, they're going. You don't so really get to stop it. She wanted the full control, and she wanted nobody from the original production back. Nobody, not even voice actors or anything. The only ones coming back are on the English side. Yeah, so some of them came back because you know it's been 15, 18 years since or whatever. Laura Bailey and a lot of them wanted to come back. I think Laura Bailey wanted to come back, and not, but not everyone was able to come back. Well, yeah, some of them have gone out of the voice acting field. I think, and some have just been like become super successful too. Mm -hmm. So, well, Laura Bailey is super successful, but yeah, she's the one exception. It's just like. Like, don't expect Troy Baker to ever come back to do any of his anime roles, for example. Well, well what, I wouldn't say that because remember, he came back for Catherine there, and that's uh, Atlas. And Atlas Interesting. is, you know what I mean? Which, okay, so. Is anime esque in their mm-hmm. dubbing process. The anime series. Well, that's a video game still. And, yeah, okay, just to recap. The but anime, you know what I mean. Similar. The original anime yeah. series ran from July 5th to December 27th in 2001. So that's how long we've, it's been 18 years. Mm-hmm. The bet, almost 18 years now. So. And that was their first attempt at diversification for Funimation, which mm-hmm. is interesting too when you think about mm-hmm. that. And they said that's one of their most successful anime series. Lance High School was talking about that on an ANCAST. And the, how they proved that they can sell more than just Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. 
because they had supposed I guess in the states I don't remember seeing them as much up here but they had the hats the furry hats for oh, um yeah. for the basket yeah, yeah with the animal ears and stuff yeah. like that and how he said they went in to get those stuff that they end up selling but they started as freebies whereas like for Scooby doing he's like we could use that and make it for fruit basket and somehow they were able to prove the product mhm so I, and I guess that leads me now with all with us all talk about the schism. This leads me to what my impressions of the original of at least watching episode one. This show has a like yeah, there are still these humorous moments, but they're not slapstick wacky, which the mm-hmm. original anime there, there was a, di- a certain gravitas in the manga that wasn't there in the first series that definitely is back because she wanted that gravitas it yeah, was definitely it, not gravitas your typical is an interesting word i was about it's to not say your typical shoujo show yeah I'd gravitas is an interesting word i was about to use darker mm-hmm. it felt it felt a lot more darker or serious well they said it's, it's the shoujo evangelion that's what some people call it okay isn't that karikano <laughs> <laughs> that too, and uh, we're talking the same production, same company there. But that was an interesting that that just caught my attention. It just just walked from that very first episode. Yes, in some ways it was verbatim, but it certainly did feel different. And it had, and it, it was uh, the tone is what the I tone. Say. You can definitely see in the tone yes. that there's a difference from and, out of the gate. And it's interesting how they're doing the full thing, as they said. Even though I think it said like first season on a thing, so they might be splitting this up. Yeah. So this was just, it did feel quite different. And uh, uh, the thing is, I'll, I mean, the problem is, I think, that going back to not having the original voices back, what is Yui Hortier's iconic role? Would it be Toru? Would it be Naru? From Lafina. Oh, yeah, she mm, did do Naru. That's right, she did the big ones back then, yeah, yeah. She was mm. the it girl, right? Mm. Going back to her. What does she even <laughs> do nowadays? Like I'm not even being sarcastic. What does? Oh she- well, obviously, like obviously she's um. Well, you, why don't we look it up? But um, <laughs> she's still kind of you know. I, I Check mean, her LinkedIn there. I, I know she took a break from acting for a time. Check her LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> she took a break and she's but she's still kicking around. I mean, she still does concert. She has started doing concerts. I think she took a break from the acting side to focus on. Other yeah, things. no, I, I know Whoa, she did some forties now. Holy crap! Yeah, no, um, you know my uh, one of my crushes. We're getting there. Oh my god, <laughs> she's best girl Chie. Okay, okay. Now but we're she's talking. Kept, but she's kept up in some ways. She's best girl Chie from Persona Four. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we didn't get to have the Japanese cast, remember? Oh, and she's best girl Hitomi from Dead or Alive. Oh my god, I didn't know she did Dead or Alive. Yeah, no, they have quite a few gaming uh, things in there too, so don't forget that. Yeah, so there, but she's kept up. She's been, she's still very much kicking around. I told you about the um, King Records concert that NHK showed. Mm-hmm. On, yeah, uh, you talked about that Con, before on a, the that, previous ones. On previous episodes, right? Uh, she she did that. She did a King Records concert in uh, Shanghai, and they showed highlights of that. And I remember I showed you, I I mentioned the video the, that she performed a live version of, um, of uh, Vanilla Salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know <gasps> stuff like that. Okay, do you have another iconic role? I was gonna say, what's up? She's Katori from Decapo. <laughs> Best girl Katori from from Decapo. Except oh, that isn't licensed yet. Yeah, that's never coming out. No, to be honest. No. Yeah, uh, unless uh, Disco Tech needs new projects. But well, there, there's tons to mine. That's oh, sure. and yeah, multi and two heart. There you go. Okay, there on the topic of having an iconic character. But there you go. Mm-hmm. So there's a. Uh, but I just thought. You know, there you go. That was a really interesting 
watch. And I, I will try and watch that as much as I can. Too bad I can't do it offline. And I will try and add that to my, um, and, uh, you know, while uh, alternating episodes of uh, Goblin Slayer and, and, uh, and um, Terrace House. <laughs> so... Those oh, are two very head. different uh, programs there, Mike. Yes, we are talking very one is uh, One is like Berserk and one is... Uh, yeah, oh, it's, or, a, it's a... It's a... Whatever. It's a... It's a kinder just, Berserk. Well, yeah, that, well, yeah, Terrace House only is. <laughs> and then, okay, so we... Let's get... That's one mark. Um, I guess I guess we should talk... Let me talk Makoto Shinkai just for a couple seconds because the trailer to his... Uh, to his latest movie, um, Weathering With You, came out. A couple weeks ago, about a month ago. And uh, that's set for July, right? In Japan. Expect to hear more about that at Anime Expo. Yeah, well, that's what they've been doing. It's just and once a big it, thing, and it's probably going to be Q4 uh, th- movie theater release because Shinkai and Hosoda, like, all their contracts are like, we want it in the theaters, we want the wide release, and then <clears> we get the Blu-ray after Japan, stuff like that. So, And they're pretty much the only ones who command that type of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much them too right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, once again, Shinkai and... Yeah, Shinkai and that furry director, Hosoda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're never going to get his autograph if you said that furry director is like, oh, I'm just here to get an autograph of that furry director. She's not going to listen to this. Come on. Anyway, so so we have this, and um, the feel I already have... Remember we had this feeling about, okay, how can you outdo yourself? You're just harping on the same ideas. And weathering with you looks light, really nice... But this is like one of those, how do you follow up your name type things. We said this after five centimeters per second. How do you outdo yourself? And, well, let's see. Well, he he followed up five centimeters per second with the foot fetish movie. No? Which, uh, yeah, yeah, there I mean, was a period where... Mm, this which I working. enjoyed. I do like the Garden of Words. Yeah, Garden of Words was really nice. It was short and stuff like that. And it, it was at Anime Expo as well. Like, Sentai was the one... That licensed and they had like this big party. I'm not sure Shinkai was there, but they had like this movie launch party and there was a lot of green. Mm-hmm. Regardless of work. Yes. Well, it's fetishrific. Okay. <laughs> and um Well, I, I mean, I'll be curious and let's see what the reaction is, and you know we'll eventually see it at some point. Yeah, just wake me up when it comes out in Canada. Um Well, but- it'll probably be closer than what we've seen for okay. other things because Oh, it's theatrical relief. Oh yeah, well, okay. Let me, when when like it, it comes be, out, right. when I see it in a Cineplex, that is when I will go okay, and watch more, it. Okay, like it'll be like fade then. words, like day and day. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. that's that. Let, let, we'll, we'll t- I'm sure we'll talk about that again on the topic of theaters. Kogis, Mohammed. Oh, do you want to? Yeah. What do you want to say about seeing that? Just for a couple seconds. Oh, before we can, we, um, yeah, uh, yes, I, yes. I will say it's it's always fun watching um <laughs> watching in a theater full of fans. So how full? How full? It was pretty full. It was. Not the only thing missing was one of the voice actors. Yeah. Oh yeah, Thank <laughs> you. it was at a young nun last. So like a four o'clock. So like, was it a Tuesday? Did you get yeah, the Tuesday? Oh, so you, you went to a. You went so to a it was fa- weird. I was went to <laughs> Penguin Highway on the Tuesday, and I was thinking the same thing. Where these are special event type movies, so I'm surprised they give us the discount. That yep. just get, that just butters you up it's, even it's more. Ridiculous. And there's no commercials. They movie starts exactly at four o'clock. Yeah, it was uh, a yeah, right to the point, right? Yeah, yeah. But right some to of the them, point. I guess, for that one, they didn't have any interviews. Like, I went to uh, Penguin Highway. That one was uh, Eleven Arts, so it's probably going to get a nice, cheap release in Walmart, like a twenty bucks up here uh, later on. I think mm-hmm. they said possibly August, and then a more expensive Right Stuff Collector's Edition if you want that. But Penguin Highway was a fun movie to watch. 
So is Oko's In, which is a G Kids one that's probably going to release Blu-ray DVD. They said July. Oh, that one was that interesting one. because it had a little interview before and the discussion of overcoming tragedy and stuff like that. And but so what do we of say? Of course. About, uh, hmm? So what do we say about Cold Geese? Before we end this off, as we end this off. Well, I think uh, Mo can pretty much sum it up. He got to have an enjoyable time with other people. He probably had the popcorn yes. and just was sitting back and enjoying every moment, just like we did for Face Day Night, except exactly. more classy, <laughs> less violence, less sex. Yeah. So, Mohammed, yeah, tell us your experience about it. Just in a couple seconds, if you want. We can keep this as long as you want. No, I mean, it was it was a good movie. Uh, the plot was interesting. Um, I... I forgot completely about the original so i i forgot that he because it's after right right it's like it's like in the future uh, after he's been but gone you for a don't while. have to watch the previous one exactly because i think they probably uh, set up sort of you're saying the true fans okay because <laughs> okay so here's the thing they made three recap movies prior to this yeah. to the, Lelouch oh, of the resurrection yes. so Lelouch of the resurrection follows the timeline of the recap movies because they made some they made some changes and the changes were more relevant in the third movie so they retconned some things uh somebody stays alive so okay so I someone know. stays alive and i, I was happy series, but i don't know so pissed when that character died too <laughs> in the TV show but that's the thing you have if you if you're you're there's going to be a bit of a disconnect if all you watched was the TV series which there was for me a little bit cuz I didn't bother watching the recap movies cuz I went to go see it uh I went to go see it the Winston Churchill also on the Tuesday, so I got my discount. But yeah, the two movies I saw, it's like we might have had at most fifteen people in the theater, probably less, ten to fifteen people for the movies I saw. So it was just you sit back, enjoy. It's like your own personal uh, living yeah, room. Yeah, we had maybe. I'm sure Code Geese uh, was definitely a lot more people. We had maybe thirty something people because I mean, it was like but it was I was at, at Winston- oh, for two or three days at that point. But yeah, I was at Winston Churchill too, and I, I guess maybe you get less there. Did you go on Sunday? For which? For Kogias. No, I decided not to do that. It's like after oh. doing all these events and those two movies, I'm like, I can't do every single movie under the sun. How oh. many were, uh, just just before we end, uh, how many in your theater when, about when you 80, watched? 80% full, so like. Good good crowd. Sounds like a good crowd. Yeah, it's downtown. Yeah, but downtown Absolutely. Toronto yeah. usually gets more. Well, and you're, and then, and considering time. that part, we we're talking Eaton Center and we're talking, you know, yeah. near, near um, Tokyo Smoke. <laughs> so, Tokyo those, Smoke. those do occasionally sell out. The, oh, yeah. the, oh, the yeah. prime screens will occasionally sell out at. I think, I think when, they, when they did uh, Brawly, a lot of the screens sold out. Yes. Okay. Yeah, across. And they had a wider release. Oh, too. that was a good oh, yeah. time. Yeah. That was a good time. Like, okay. Fate had a wider release too, but some of them get Young more. Dundas, but at least so we're getting anything up in. here. That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, Young Dendas Square. Soak it in, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then, uh, so that's Cokies, right? Great movie. Yeah. If you know, well, it's kind of like me. Wa- it's kind of like me dropping in to watch Fate Stay Heavens Feel too. Yeah, you mean- boy, then uh, I feel. Uh, well, lost. I was like- surprised that when you said you came in, I'm like, wow, you're really just gonna drop right into this minefield, like right to start from this point. That's it's sort like- of how. That's sort of sometimes how I relived roll. relived my my high school youth because yeah. uh, Code Geass was a big part of it. Not okay, it wasn't a big part of it, but just. I watched, so when I watched Code Geass, um, it was like Gao Gai Gar, and it just kept on hitting you with cliffhangers. So I remember watching episode one, mm-hmm. 
so the, the season already aired. Then, like, the next day I watched episodes 2, 3, 4, and then, like, the day after I watched episodes 5 through 9, and then just the weekend went. happened, and I just watched the rest of season 1. It, it was, you just went. It was... I. I had binge. such a great time binging that binge, show. Yeah, I was going to say, binge watch before it became a, 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 a term, right? And so I didn't suffer nearly as much as the fans <laughs> did because by the time I finished it, there was only two weeks before R2 started. Whereas um. in Japan, if you watched it as it came out, you had a five-month gap between episode 23 and 24. Yeah. And then because of the recap episodes, they had to slot in. And then the way season one ended you had to wait another nine months for season two and it was agonizing yeah it sounds like uh game of thrones okay and season two was kind of shit but the ending almost made up for it kind of like uh, unlike unlike game of thrones it, okay it was, <laughs> it was the ending we didn't deserve for that movie like they because i feel like the ending for that movie i feel like you're just talking about game of thrones <laughs> <laughs> it ended the way season two of code geass ended it they could have just left it but this movie's still good it's good property yeah, it was mm-hmm. great. It's like a lot of the ones they're bringing back all those nostalgic ones. We said Fruit Basket. We said oh. that Lupin's been making a good comeback and stuff like that. We um, Berserk, like a Fate's lot of them Day, have of just come, Fate's Day. Like a lot of them have come back again and again. Well, I guess we're trying to either reintroduce to the, reintroduce to a new generation of fans, or at least keep the ones that were there, mm-hmm. or, or, or bring back the ones that were there. Anyway, you, sorry, sorry for interrupting yet again, but are you are we doing a seg, are we doing one last break or no? One last break. We'll do one more segment just briefly to we'll do one last uh, thing. Briefly, okay. Okay. And okay. then but with that in mind, what last bullet? <clears throat> last bullet. Let's uh well yeah, uh, the latest in the Vic Mangina, the Vic McNona thing. Man. He ha- the legal action has begun and with that in mind, yup. Let's take the break. We'll wrap it up with a looking ahead to Anime North right after this. It's the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. Well, okay, so let's start to look ahead. First of all, once again, um, Anime Roundtable is proud to announce that we will be taping two episodes of the podcast. On um, Friday night and Saturday night at Anime North in the Delta, and uh, the Delta, and let's give the let's give the times. Um, we'll be taping at 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday at the Halton Room near the uh, Anime North Hall. I believe that's near the Anime North offices, um, on the uh, in the main area. So um, if uh, if you have, well, I'm not expecting too much because we're going head to head against Anime Hell, the second half of Anime Hell on Friday. There's no way that um, we'll have much of an audience for that. I hate that anime hell's on Friday night now. The Saturday night, and they're all the way in the North Building too. Yeah, and they'll be all the way in the North Building. Well, but then it's because what Dave does anime hell on Friday, and then Neil Nadelman will do his thing on Saturday nights. So. Yeah, that's how they've always yeah. worked it. And I think that one's still in the. Delta. And Mike Tool obviously is is coming up for Anime North as well this yeah. year again. Man, so. like, I'm we going love- to miss. I'm going to miss all those panels because that's the one. When it comes to guests, the one shining spotlight is the panelists because they always pull in good panelists. For yeah, and, they, and, and we and talk is... about Helen McCarthy. We talk about Fred Schatz yeah, coming and, and stuff Fred like Schott. that. So they've always got these very unique. That's a part Who, of the DNA of, of Anime, Anime North. North. They want to. They venture into mm-hmm. that academia um, discussion 
debate side where we, you know, we talk about where we can talk about this in a really, you know, that type of form in that in an almost academic type of form. And Tim and Eldred's it, come and he's great if you like Space Battleship Yamato, by the way. But but we talked about how. Panels. So but that's what we're talking about. So but we talked about how they needed to stretch out, <clears throat> didn't we, Kevin? We were talking about that where it's one of the few cons in North America where it still starts at like 4 p.m. on the Friday. Yeah, Everyone else starts once yeah. again, in the morning. And Dave Merrill, is, I think it was Dave Merrill, but a few of them made the point they wanted to do so, go to their friends' panels and do all this other stuff. And if they gave them like some more time and minutiae in the schedule like other cons. So there's, you know, yeah, once again. You know what I mean? Those, like start earlier on yeah. the Friday. Well, the thing is, once again, as tra- the tradition of doing the thir- Thursday evening um, and they have that Thursday up. evening. That's the question mark. If you have that Thursday evening, then why not extend Friday? Well, like why, other cons have done, or at least to have a mm-hmm. more extensive programming. But um, mm-hmm. here we are, right? So uh, once again, the anime. So we'll be. We'll, so if you're curious to see some of the faces behind the voices you're hearing right now, why? <laughs> For starters, but uh, and then after you pa- after you answer that question to yourselves, we'll once again, uh, we will be. Uh, well, at least I'll be. I don't know how many of us are, how many of everybody else will be there. Um, we'll be in the Halton room come 11 p.m. Um, setting up and taping. Did Neil say he was coming or not? I have to give him a call. So, <laughs> <laughs> we do have to give him a call. See, as I said, I have no clue. Like, And I'll be honest, because, of, because I've been sick for the last couple weeks or the last two, three weeks, I have not had chance to really give this, to really focus in on, these sh- on preparing for Anime North. So um, it'll get. So uh, we will be flying on by the seat of our pants, but come, I think by that time. So how we're going to do that show? How I'm going to produce those episodes? Those two episodes remains to be seen, and they will be late night. It should be interesting. So um, it'll probably be the most boring two hours. Enjoy, enjoy anime hell. A- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But um, all we need to do is like we did the one uncut episode, and they'll live forever in the vault. Yes, uh, bring them in because they'll be. They won't. And you have to be there to see it. And if anyone out there is searching for it, so am I. (laughs) 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 Delete off the face of the earth. Sure, some of my old hard drives somewhere. Um, the other thing is, uh, like obviously you know we mentioned a bunch a bunch of panels. Um, Neil Nadelman, David Merrill, uh, Mike Tool will be doing something. Um, Helen McCarthy, Fred Schott, surely they'll all be doing it. I will probably be attending, seeing, trying to check out as much as I could in terms of the panels this year. Because I, d- I doubt I'll be doing too much in the way of um, voice actor chasing this year, this, <laughs> this year myself. Yeah, who cares about Ritsuko, man? Like, everyone I believe, her. I believe, I believe there are chases, the, they'll be autographed chasing. I wonder how, how it'll compare to um, IFF. I wonder how it'll compare to... Um, Tcaf, I'm so sorry to hear that that stuff happened there, uh, James. Well, hey, at least I got an autograph. I just got to wow. get rid of this other book. I, I'm just uh. floored by some of these details. You already got rid of the book. No, I mean the the this, well. The, oh, no, oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw. It. Anyway, but anyway, the um, <clears throat> I still laugh thinking about. Um, I will. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't put, get a chance. <laughs> sorry, laugh at. Finish your thought. I uh, know. I can't remember. <laughs> um. Okay, before I go, before we really, before we really start uh, promoting one other panel, I'll actually be doing um, Nomonoichi. Yeah, let's talk about this for a couple seconds because I was rejected this year through the lottery. You got rejected for the first time this year through the lottery. My friend, who I, I mean, she is there and she's she's really ha- relieved to have gone it, done this. 
Help me out here. Hmm. Give me a thought, because I know you're not I you're not happy about it. <sighs> but give me a thought, and then I have a question and I want a thought from there. Okay, so the situation was was that because of the demand that Nomonoichi generates for sellers nowadays, nowadays, they decided instead of doing first come, first serve on the first Sunday of April. And we went through this. We had the, we talked about the story of that last year. So, so they decided to... Check the archive. They decided to do a lottery system for the tables. Mm-hmm. You would think you would do a bit of first come, first serve, and then a bit of the lottery system, like a good mix, but even then you'd yeah. still get pride problems. So what they did was on like on a Thursday or Friday, they the application process started. On, they a, gave on you, a separate website, yes. They gave you on a separate website, yes. They gave you was like, secure. <laughs> well, I guess so. Well who who would want to hack that? Like, come on. And <laughs> would, would you, Kevin? No. Considering the feeling not that desperate. Yeah. But considering the feeling these days. So they gave you four or five days to apply. And uh, I did. You did. I did. So uh, we have so, friends who did. So full disclosure, I am staff at AN, and staff had to apply too, which is, you know what? Fine. I understand. That's it has fair. to be fair. Selfishly, I didn't agree with that, but it has <laughs> to be fair. So remember, full disclosure, we're I'm doing it. We're, we're I'm taping the podcast. <laughs> and full disclosure, we're the official podcast of Anime Moore. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 we bitch about them, but in any hey. case. Don't so, like so the, I, like the, I like the David Letterman feel of. At times so too. we, so yes, as Mike said, he failed, I failed, two of my other friends failed. For you succeed, you must. Fail. Your friend got her table, mm-hmm. and one of my friends got a table. Yes, and so did uh, actually, and so did one of the people who um, when I the one year I was able to do it. Um, she also got a table as well. The one, the table beside on my other side. That year. so out of the goodness of my friend's heart, she was willing to let me share half of her table. And oh, that's so you're the, doing? And oh, okay. So that's why I'm doing it this year. Cool. Okay. I'm guessing there was probably quite a number of them that probably did that since there were so many people that applied. Like goodness, there was around. 240 something people who applied this time and, around. So how did and they how many, pick it? Like it was it just, just out of a hat ping pong ball? I'm assuming I'm assuming they used some sort of or computer just some thing. Of algorithm. They, they did some those. sort of thing to figure it out digitally and random so, number no random number generator. Heavens knows how those things work. They they should have just done it like the NBA for the <laughs> draft and stuff like that. So frozen, proper... so frozen envelope. Cool. So here's my thought on all this. So there was one year where I went to SakuraCon and registration for Nomonoichi happened on the Sunday that I was at SakuraCon. And when that process started, I was on an airplane flying back to Toronto. And even then, I was able to arrange for somebody to sign up on my behalf. And you got it. And so I got my table. So... If you really want a table, be ready for it. Make your arrangements. I gave my friend my like email password and everything, actually. I guess that's what we should have done for those like, lines. Well, I should have paid someone <laughs> to stand in line for yeah, me. Like, that's that's how, that's how get, 12 a.m. in the morning. That's, you get, that's how you get those sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and Is so, that how you get the marijuana, too? 
No. <laughs> no. Please. I know people who still use dealers because they don't want to deal with lines. But but in any case <laughs> But in any case in any case In any case Yeah, what my uh one of my one of my former work workmates uh she still uses her dealer actually. But in any case <laughs> But uh so if you really want to sell at this flea market, then you should be ready to sign up when it's ready. Like, because it's on a Sunday night. Well, the, the back then, but then that's now we what because the most people are free on Sunday night. Yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 I, I can go ad nauseum because of what happened the email issues from yeah. last year. So. Oh yeah, that was pretty brutal. BS. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty brutal in mm. and of itself. Okay. So so yeah, I'm like so. Was there really any need for a lottery system? Like, I don't think so. And yes, my opinion's a little selfish, but but it's like it is. It wasn't as if it would disappear. It's not like Artist Alley where like the slots disappear in three seconds. Like, if you sign up, like, which even- had me had me wondering, where were you approaching that point? Uh, I don't I, think obvi- sort obvi- of. So, I mean, maybe that was in the minds of the uh, organizers when they saw a lottery system, or maybe because of the server issue. I don't, know what, I I don't know what Maybe he's it's thinking. more the email server issue. He's maybe always- they were looking to Japan because that's how they do things for all the hired items. It's like you go in, you see if you have the number, and if you have the number, you can go and purchase it. If not, then good luck. A lottery. So, to me, it's like I didn't think it was necessary. I don't. Mm. I don't think we were... We were slowly getting to that point, but it wasn't... You don't like, think we were there yet? Like, you could still sign up, like, two or three days after the it, opening. After oh, oh, back then. Even last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's, that's what I mean by back then. <laughs> so, And the crazy thing is, like, it's so massive right now because it's in the TCC. And remember, it used to be at Sheridan in that one big ballroom. And it's outgrown. But and, like a lot no, of things. And I also outgrown. feel like it's a little... This is just personal opinion. Uh, so to those sellers who uh, go to Japan just to buy a bunch of merch to resell, um, a little disingenuous of you to sell that stuff there, but cause it kind of defeats the whole point of it being a flea market. But I digress. I know my uh, my friend told me um, they had heard about some people not getting in and searching for tables. And yes, that she, did happen. And she was she had a shot and fraud type of moment, kind of reveling in somebody's despair on that one. <laughs> certainly was happy. Yeah, there are some was, people certainly scrambling. Happy, certainly happy some, to hear about that. There are some people who I recognize are regular, like they sell every year. They were like trying to scramble to get tables. So I mean, I mean, the ones who are genuine, you felt bad for the ones who had ill intent. Well, I don't know who those people are, but it's just I know those people exist. Yeah, those mm. with ill intent. Hi, Squirrely. Uh, <laughs> no, no, because um, ill intent is is the nickname of Squirrely's spouse. <laughs> yes, so that's right. That those are that's where you hold your feelings, I suppose. Um, give me a thought. Give me a give me a thought of this because um, my friend told me you had to have confirmed your pass into Anime North to be able to apply for Nomad. Yes. And, yes, and that's. I guess I'm. I was in trouble right from the get go because I hadn't confirmed at least my. Um, I think at the time of the sign up, I hadn't confirmed the uh, tapings yet. And but for me, my question was: How? Do, first of all, how? So they, how do you confirm that if then you that's are my on question staff? Mark. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, so how are they going to confirm that I was staff then? 
Yeah, and how, that's what I want. Or wanted. that I would be. Is it because in my we're case, on the staff list? Is that the thing? So I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm hoping they. I would assume they had the staff list. I don't because know. we're on the list. And it was then. strange because, um, yeah, and and I and same for myself because I, I, I by that point I had yet to fully confirm the uh, tapings, but it was strange because when I did get in touch with um, Norm and Eileen with the Mako voice, um, mm-hmm. they said we've been waiting to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they knew I was coming back, and my friend is staff this year for the first time too. So unless she bought a pass beforehand, which I don't think she did, like I'm gonna assume they did have a list. I'm gonna assume that they did. Okay, mm-hmm. I, as I said, um, I know you're disappointed. From my standpoint, I will. I'm okay. I'm not too mad about this because I guess it, because it means I can focus on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to, so at least you know, with my with being ill, at least nothing else is compounded. So I guess my copies of um, my copies of the Kodocha DVDs, the manga, you know, um, and, and the final volume of Welcome to the NHK, they will have to stay in the vault for another time. Uh, well, if you want to give me some stuff that you think will sell, just let me know. Um, I'll give you some, maybe, but it's just perfunctory stuff. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But, um, I, which I don't really personally don't care about, but it's uh, long out of print, so maybe it mm-hmm. gets something. I won't even ask for a cut. I appreciate it. Because <laughs> I, usually I do, because like, usually with other friends, if they well, ask me, I'll, they, I'll I'll I do you a, ask for I'll a get cut. You a, I'll get you a box of Pocky or maybe... Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Or green tea, or green tea arrow. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Those don't exist, I thought. <laughs> But there's my, I mean, I'm, you know, as I said, we're, I'm managed. I'm, it's not I'm managing. This is just, let's just move on. Mm-hmm. On that note, and I forgot to mention, okay, so I mentioned the podcast taping and I mentioned um, I'm doing a panel on podcasting. I'm helping do a panel on podcasting. Oh yeah, that, that panel happens every so often. Yes, and it yep. will happen again this year. And this time around, I made sure to be able to sit on it. And you sat on it, I think, once before? Well, I hope, because we hosted uh, yeah. uh, the probably one of the first podcast panels back in like 07, 08, or 09. I'm trying to, for, I forgot which it exactly. Was who, who, it was is, back. who else is moderating that panel? Um, the host of the Nick cast. So, um, Fanthropological, uh, and I'll, I'll give you the list. And I, I will give them a shout out in the second episode because I think they do, they do deserve this because in many ways they'll be helping me. That po- that panel, by the way, will happen uh, in Delta Plaza B Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. So running a podcast, that's, uh, that's the panel I'll be sitting on. We'll be talking about, you know, podcasting in this day and age. This is my question because, you know, having played Arsenio Hall for the last, Arsenio Hall or Tom Snyder or Riff Van Winkle <laughs> for the last near decade, I've let a lot of the podcasting stuff um, get get ahead of me. So I don't know how to... So um, from my standpoint, marketing a podcast is kind of hard for me now. Where where can you find your niche? Where are you able to find your audience? Um, well, the other part is maybe I'm not really trying because uh, maybe right now I care about more of, for those that do listen, that they are enlightened, that they enjoy the shows as they are to the, the few that do listen to this show. Although, um, although, uh, although two hours, 36 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> just to let I you know, pro- Mike, some commutes are very long. <laughs> I want to let you know. Well, that. I mean, as I said, you know, if to those listeners who really need to get to sleep, I'm just uh, waiting for Mo to end the podcast. Like he usually does. Yeah. Uh, snoring. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, cool. But there's a, there's that thought there. Um, and I look forward to actually doing this and touching base with these guys. I will, um, 
I'll uh, after the taping, I'll give you guys the names of the podcasts they do. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to come out to that po- uh, to that panel, please do. You, if you two are able to, I think you'll be busy though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand under, because yeah, you're helping out with one of the guests. Yes. Uh, also, um, related to panels, I'm curious because because uh, Chris Beveridge from Zanin, he's gonna do a few panels too. Are uh, you Chris Beveridge or Jesse Beveridge? Jesse, sorry, Jesse. Jesse not, I was not, gonna say Chris Beveridge is not completely mani- different. Not Mania.com, Chris Beveridge. Yes, Jesse Beveridge. Well, I'm sorry. We Chris, Chris, sorry Jesse. Wait, Chris Beveridge. When we're talking Chris Beveridge, we are, t- are we talking um. Are we talking former uh, anime on TV? Yeah. But now and it's mainly Fandom Post. Oh, it's yeah. the Phantom Post now. Phantom Post. See, I stopped going on Phantom Post for. A and then, years um, now. but we're talking uh, Jesse Betteridge. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's the doing some Zanin, the yes. Zanin podcast. He's doing his. He's doing a crazy anime death panel, and I'm curious how he's going to do it because because uh, another popular podcast person does his version of it at different cons. Uh, Daryl Surratt, <laughs> crazy of anime. Deaths. Well, I yeah. mean, this is so, but that sounds so up uh, his alley. So we, because I and Surratt, like, and Surratt and Betteridge, I know are good friends. Because I was amazed that nobody attempted that kind of panel at AN yet. Well, and now well, we'll see how. I'm, let me see how this goes. Maybe I can t- take. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm free for that. Unless maybe. it's happening during the podcast, then oh well. I doubt it is. Mm-hmm. I doubt it is. I'd love to do that. Um, let's see that because uh, maybe because uh, maybe if you know if somebody can take that mantle for future in the future. And I, I've been looking to try and start panel do panels myself. Although maybe I'm out of out of out of the loop too. I want. I actually proposed to doing an an HK World panel myself. Mm. Since uh, that would fit right in though. You that would think. fit, but um, as far as nope, <laughs> nope. I know we wouldn't have many people in the audience, but still. Nope. So, um... Depends on the timing. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you would want it near where Helen McCarthy and they are in that panel room. And actually... More of the educational <clears throat> and more of the academic type thing, because it would work well with those type of uh, things. And if they're already in the room, they might want to stick around. Dude, there's always next year. <laughs> anyway, um... But that's all that, and uh, that's sort of where we stand. Uh, Anime North, of course, is next is next weekend, and uh, some of us will be there. Um, are you going? Unfortunately, uh, no, I'm not. Don't worry about it. I mean, enjoy the weekend. It's gonna be. It's a hectic weekend. I mean, it, it can be. It's one of those. Yeah, it's Anime North. It's the icon in Canada on the top on that topic, right? It's like or for better or worse for now. Crazy, uh, uh, for better or worse for I guess. now. But it is the icon, and uh, you know the whole on that topic of where does it sit now? How is like where does it sit now for Toronto fandom? The Debolto, and is there a budding rivalry of any sort? But give, it is give, give the Vancouver people a few years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Okay. But uh, that's it. So that's our plans for Anime North. James is in, will be in his usual spot helping out the uh, late night programming. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have some time to do it. Otherwise, I could very well be doing a solo show on Friday night. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I, I've planned it so that there's some longer stuff at the beginning. And I, think we're doing like a, so I, can... I think we're doing Digest 3. Although I will plug one thing there. Yes. Uh, the Anime North fashion show will be uh, on the Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Uh a lot of people work hard for that uh, and it's they usually put on you usually see some pretty interesting stuff so if you're into any if you're into fashion of any sort i'd say yeah come check it out lots to see and do this is the thing about anime north uh, there's 
there's something to do for everybody, and you certainly won't see it all in one weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, it could be one. It's a for better or worse scenario because we we can have that debate, and we're gonna we could have it hours on end. But and there are so many sites too, as we say. It's like yeah, there's so there. many sites and other ways to get there. Um, it's a thing. It's still Anime North. Once again, is still the icon, and so we hope you'll join us. Uh, so we hope. Well, if you're going out, we hope you'll join us. Um, join us uh, at least uh, on the tapings to wind down each of the days, uh, each of the Friday and Saturday for with us at 11 p.m. Well, at 11 p.m. If you don't care about anime hell, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we started 11 fuck, on the dot. But fuck, I'd be probably be watching anime hell myself if I hadn't had uh, if I wasn't having to do the podcast. You but could, you that's know, sort of how it ends up going. You know, Mike, you could just not do the podcast on Friday and have one podcast on the Saturday and then you can go enjoy Anime Hell. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah, no, or, I know. Or you could do the podcast at <laughs> Anime Hell. They just won't notice us <laughs> because they're so loud. So, um, but uh, en- enjoy that. So if, if you're going to Anime North, enjoy the show. Um, and uh, hopefully maybe we I can see some of you. Uh, but if you don't and want to um, get on any of our cases, either um, for whatever, anything that uh, myself or James or... Kevin said, or whatever Mohammed didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitter, our Twitter handle is at Anime Roundtable. Um, anime Roundtable uh, at, at uh, Anime dot com is our website. Um, really, we don't update it. Um, look on <laughs> look, look on your podcast catchers. Uh, well, n- n- nothing really gets updated. Um, At least anime you're round- honest. Huh? At least you're honest. Not quickly. Anime Roundtable at gmail dot com is our email address. To, uh, and yes. Um, please write us. I'll try and reply um, after I get over my uh, the, my latest bout of nausea. And um, Six Talk, you can check the archives at sixtalk.com. And uh, yes, the whole run of the series is on your fa- on on the mo- on the most popular podcast catchers like uh, Google Podcasts and iTunes and uh, Apple Podcasts. So check us out there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we'll be back, uh, of course, at our usual places. Uh, and then after all that, we'll be back at the uh, Six Point Studio for uh, for future episodes. But I think that's it, because, God damn it, we've gone long enough. Are we at three hours yet? Nope. <laughs> Again, uh, according to this clock, 243, let's call it an episode. Oh, God. Um, and besides, some of you we have haven't even beat and... Avengers yet. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> Way to go. Good, what, good. What about Avengers? <laughs> because Avengers was three hours. Oh, we're, we're not quite shit. there yet. Nope. We're not quite there yet, and mercifully, we won't make it. I'm going to have another candy. Let's call it that a was night. A, yeah, it was fun. That Let's movie was call fun. it a night. <laughs> um, as I said, after two months of not doing a right, anything and a month of not talking at all, we had a lot on the mind, so I'm glad we did this episode to prepare for Anime North and just to test uh, if I'm feeling well. I'm feeling okay. Overall. Good to hear. Uh, nice. Overall. So um, that's it for tonight. Join us at Anime North, and we'll see you there. For another episode, for the Anime North episodes of the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. <laughs>